This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza! Yeah. Fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, well, well. Look who walked in. We have a uh, we have two special guests tonight. We have not only Charlie, but somebody else is going to be joining us at least for Ooh. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You. Yeah. No. God damn it, Quincy. Quincy also wants to be on the show. And by be on the show, I mean he wants to jump into my fucking pizza rolls because. Mm. Is pizza roll the other guest, or were you trying to insinuate Booker? Because we didn't no, hear Booker. Any, we didn't hear. You can't hear him. Houses. No. I mean, he's right there, and he's going like, hey, ah, yeah, no, he making noises. He, he's just excited to be part of the show. What what kind of pizza rolls? Pepperoni. Mm, the classic. Pepperoni. Mm. I yeah. got a Coke, too. I put new batteries in my Xbox controller. Man, I'm fucking good to go. Nice, nice. Um, Solid up until, you know. Up until my son starts crying, which might happen. We'll, we'll try and be entertaining for him. So, I gotta tell you, Charlie. Yep. I, t- I, I looked your list over, and I was like, alright, I'm gonna go through and see what I've watched, and what I haven't watched, but have the ability to watch, so that I can watch it before we do the show. Right. I don't watch not none of them, though. <laughs> Uh, I, man, I, <laughs> oh, man, I was like on the edge of my seat waiting to hear which of these movies you watched. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Billy. Oh, man. So you, did, you didn't get to watch any of them, huh? No, none. Uh, well, I, I can recommend the good ones to you. No, I'm, I'm sure. Like so, the ones that I, I so here's the list that I made because I was like, oh, okay, I could make I could make this happen because it wasn't like a huge list. Um, okay, so most of them are like the Disney stuff because I was like, I have Disney Plus, I could totally watch that. Um, oh my god, I made a list of the stuff that I'd seen and the stuff that I hadn't seen, and I was like, well, at least I can watch the stuff I hadn't seen. And there's only like six things on here that I haven't seen and I couldn't be bothered to watch it over the course of a week. You know, you, you do have like a young child that that kind of erodes into your watching time. And you read eight books and celebrated your birthday, your 30th I, birthday. You yeah, I have only finished reading one book in the last week, thank you very much. <laughs> oh. That is still one more than I've finished in the last week. Yeah. It uh, it was World War Z by Max Brooks, which was uh, it was very entertaining. Oh, uh, was I've that the that. first time you read that? I thought you'd read that before for some reason. No, I've read the uh, Zombie Survival Guide, but I never read World War Z, and I just uh, I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. And had you have you seen the World War Z movie? No, actually, the reason I decided to read it was he has a new book that came out recently that I'm interested in. That I think is kind of similar to World War Z. It might be more of a story-driven novel as opposed to just like interview type things. Yeah. Uh, but it's about like Bigfoot and people dealing with Sasquatch or something. So it's, it's, I, 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 that sounded really fun to me. But then I was like, oh, I should probably read World War Z before I pick up another book by him. Yeah. And now that I've read it and I enjoyed it, I'm down to get another one at some point. I can't just go buying books all the time. I can, right but I'll get in trouble. Uh. Before we start down the list, had you have you ever seen have you seen World War Z, Charlie? I assume you have. I, uh, I, I actually haven't. I saw the first uh, like 
30 minutes one night with a friend. We were uh, not sober, and we got about 30 minutes in. I was like, this is terrible. I don't want to watch this. Are you too drunk to continue? Yeah, I was just saying this is bad. Mm. So we, we decided uh, that it was a, another time to watch, and I just never got back to it. Well, well it was interesting when I was reading it, because I was like, no wonder the movie is apparently nothing like this, because I don't see how you could make a movie based on this book, because pretty much the book is... It's not even made of chapters. It's like a few pages of interviews with people. And then, you know, it's like a different person for 300 pages. So it's like new interview, new interview, people that started before the war, then daring, then how they dealt with it after and like the comeback of humanity and whatnot. And it was interesting because he took uh, a look at all of these different parts of the world and how all the different ways that it affected them and how different nations reacted. It was very interesting. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, man, this is probably the best part of this book. I bet it's not in that movie at all. <laughs> the the 30 minutes I saw it definitely did not have that. Yeah, no, the 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 movie is nothing like the book. Um, one of the interesting things about the movie, though, is there is this scene where they um, – where there are uh, uh, zombies uh, climbing, uh, attempting to get over this huge wall, and essentially, like there are so many zombies that as they kind of they end up climbing over themselves, essentially, and get on, on top of the wall. But while filming that uh, scene, uh, they they use scalp- scaffolding uh, scaffolding to get all these extras on there, and all the scaffolding collapsed. So you had all these extras rush to the hospital and the doctors had to figure out what their injuries were and what was zombie makeup because they were all (laughs) zombies. And then they had this like tragic accident. Um, Were they fast zombies in the movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, They're they're like swarming locusts kind of thing. Yeah, that's weird because as in the book, they're very classic, slow moving zombies i was like oh are they gonna get fast at some point and then they didn't and i was like oh and do oh, they talk no. about so, go ahead sorry what were you gonna ask no i in the because the the main um uh the trick in the in the in the movie for the zombies is that the zombies don't attack anybody who's dying because they're not a good host and so like you'll see them uh this swarm of zombies like totally avoid somebody who looks like a totally healthy person and turns out like, Oh, they probably have cancer or some crazy shit. So they end up uh, injecting themselves with the bubonic plague and the zombies sense that they have this deadly disease. It's not the plague, but they inject themselves with some kind of deadly disease that they have a known cure for. And so they use it as like a camouflage to get past and ultimately overcome the zombies. That's is kind that of interesting, book? actually. That is not in the book, but mm. it's pretty interesting. Uh, one of the cool things I do like that's in the book is uh, they talk about regular people who like couldn't handle, like you know, like they they went crazy and broke from it. So like they acted like zombies, even though they weren't. Oh. But they didn't move fast either. They were they they thought that they were zombies, so they would act just like them. Mm. Uh, and even they would move very slow. I can't. I yeah. Can't, I can't lie. When you said regular people, I was like, "You mean Muggles?" No, that's a different book. 
Yeah, but anytime I hear regular people now, I just think of muggles. I, um, I appreciated the dead air right after that. That was a nice, like, uh, appropriate silence. Uh, He'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, much like the silence that's following J.K. Rowling's career currently. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just she's glad we don't have... crying into her billions of dollars. Uh... Yeah, she sure is. She I'm sure just glad is. I never have to go watch those uh, Fantastic Beast movies because they just look terrible. I'm like, oh, cool. Now I have a really good excuse just to never follow that series. They are... Well, I shouldn't say they because I actually haven't seen the second one entirely. I've seen parts of it. They're fine. The first one is fine. Yeah, I think they're fine. I mean, I don't... I don't have that that strong of a connection to the Harry Potter universe. I mean, I enjoyed the 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 movies for what they were, but I never read the books, so I don't have uh, I don't have the uh, feelings uh, one way or the other particularly. I, I was a yeah. pretty big fan of the books when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, the books are good. Uh... I forgot you guys were both children and compared to me, so you read them as children. <laughs> I read them when I was like 18 or 19, so I, I missed the boat while they were going on because people were trying to push it on me. So I was like, well, you want me to read. I'm not going to read it. Because that I was the kind of kid I was. I went to the midnight launch of the last like three books, I think. Wow. You are deep in the game. I, I was hardcore nerd. I wore a cloak to the last release. That's awesome. I mean, uh, that is the most shameful thing I've ever admitted online. Oh, well, I don't know. If that's that's the most shameful. <laughs> I mean, no, probably not. I was gonna yeah, say I mean, we're not gonna talk about it because I remember the first time I saw your profile on Rooster Teeth, it was you dressed. You, you had like a Wolverine type thing going on, but I think it was like butter knives, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That you had? Oh, yeah, butter knives. Yes. Ah. Oh. God, they were steak knives, back. but they look like butter knives. Oh, they were uh, steak knives. Yeah, that's a were, little. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's a little bit better though. Steak knives. There's a little more respect there. <laughs> no, no, there's no respect. Do you remember how entrenched you got about your neck beard, Charlie? We, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> oh man, that was a line in the sand, and Charlie was like, "No, this far and no further. I will rock this neck beard, sirs." <laughs> I, I, I didn't last long. I think it was like a week, and I was like, this is stupid. I should shave. Uh, so yeah, thank God, because we were just like, bro, you look so much better without that thing you got attempting to grow under there. Yeah, it was it was bad. Uh, we've all made that. I mean, I How's your so- facial hair now? Can you I grow had... like a full beard? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get to, since the start of lockdown, I haven't cut my beard, except for like mustache hairs around the mouth, so I'm trying to see how out there I can get it like I don't think I'm gonna go to full Gandalf but I wouldn't mind having a big beard for a while I get a little bit of a beard I get just enough to where you could call it a beard but it's not like I'm proud of it you look you look like uh shaggy with a beard I guess I do yeah right Uh-oh. now I just looks kind of scrag- uh, scraggly because I shaved not too long ago so now it's like growing back because I'm lazy Maybe if I, because I always tell myself after I shave, like, all right, I'm going to take care of this. Like, I'm going to shave, like, maybe every day or every other day just to, like, keep it in place. And I never do it. So, I don't know. Word, word. It's the most boring story I've ever told on this podcast. Yeah, man. I'm going to have to cut it. My shaving habits that don't exist. (laughs) 
the end of the year you're gonna put together like a special episode of all the shit that you cut out of like boring mundane <laughs> here's this the end of year special 26 uh, when Billy talks about going to the grocery store for 27 minutes here we go everyone enjoy and then so I bought anyways. a can of tuna, but it was the wrong kind of tuna, so I had to go back in and return it, get another one. <laughs> Happy New Year's, folks. Here's the most boring episode we could possibly make. Oh, man. I'll never forget when you fronted the shelves when we went to the store that one time when you were here. I still oh, have to stop myself. I do it from time to time. I, so one time, uh, I... I I went to Whole Foods one night. This was like a year ago. Uh, and I was getting some, I was getting like food for dinner and like some drinks and stuff. Uh, and I went over to like get some tea for Liz and they didn't have it in the cooler. They had it on the, on the shelf. So I went over to that, to that aisle. This is like eight o'clock at night. And I grabbed a couple and there was a guy that was working there that was currently like he was doing that. He was facing the aisle. So I grabbed like the teas that she wanted and I immediately faced them. And the guy looked at me and was like, man, Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just love it. I love it. It It's hard to break those habits. It made me laugh so hard when I watched it from afar. I was like, look at this motherfucker. Like, he's at work right now. (laughs) Now the joke's on everyone else because I don't have a job. (laughs) Wait a minute. Woo! Actually, I was I was paid for one of those articles, so I guess I could say that I am a freelance writer. You are. You are a professional writer, Billy. That's I'm a freelance term. writer, stay-at-home dad, which is like the coolest way to say I'm unemployed. Or like, I would just say you're a professional writer. You shouldn't define yourself by your job. Uh, I don't. Especially, I mean, it really doesn't bother me. You know, I, I, I tend to make jokes about it, but I realized... The idea bothered me at first, like, you know, because it wasn't like I just decided after we had Booker that I was going to be a stay-at-home dad. It was something we talked about, and I was like, you know, yeah, I'll do it. And I was a little uncomfortable at first. Either. I was like, how am I going to feel about that? But then, it, you know, now that it's happened, I'm fine with it. It actually doesn't bother me at all. No, you, you have a much more important job now. You get to mold the next generation. And yeah, if you do a really good no job, pressure. he'll look after you when you're sick. <clears throat> And I hope I don't get too sick. Well, hopefully not until he's old enough to look after you. I want to do it. I'm trying to do a good job of taking care of myself, which is why I'm eating so healthy with pizza rolls. <laughs> pizza is this roll. bread, cheese, meat? Uh, I guess you'd call the tomato sauce a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Oh, they're getting kind of cold. Do you need to inhale them before we continue? No. <laughs> No, uh, this doesn't sound. I have to well. slow down how I eat because it scares Liz. Because <laughs> you're gonna aspirate on something. Yeah, she thinks I'm gonna choke. Like when she sees me like eating stuff, and I'll like put a whole like shitload of food in my mouth at one time. She's like, I'm just, I'm worried that you're gonna choke. Like I'm worried one day I won't be here. You'll be by yourself eating, and you'll choke, and no one will be here, and you'll die. Well, it's because you don't masticate your pizza rolls. You just swallow them whole. But I do. I. I mean, I don't know. She just. She, he, he has a second man. set of jaws lower in his throat. Than <laughs> oh, no, Billy's an alien. No. I mean, xenomorph. <laughs> like a no! xenomorph. I've got that little mouth that comes out. <laughs> oh man, they've achieved human form. No. The That's final how I evolution. Myself against Paul Reiser. 
man. That's the bad guy in the Alien franchise you would choose to go after. <laughs> the, the, the most harmless ones that can do me no damage. This is for Mad About You. <laughs> oh, I don't man. think I've ever watched an episode of Mad About You. I don't know if oh, I can man. actually. I, I love Mad About You, and then I love that they, they made uh, uh, what's her name's character of uh, the twin sister on Friends. Uh, oh yeah, Ursula. Ursula, yeah. She she was on Mad About You, and then they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna have you play her twin sister on Friends." <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, all right. Let's talk about the movies that Charlie watched in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. If you believe in that sort of nonsense. Yeah, this was July. Yeah, all right, you want it? That's what I said, what? right? I did say July, right? No, you just said the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that's how you said it, and I was like, are we talking about all the movies this year? Yeah, so we're talking about all the movies Charlie's watched from January to July. Oh, I mean... It's it's a long list. (laughs) So at the the end of the year, we'll do the entire retrospect. We'll we'll book, like, two days aside. Well, if if we were to talk about all of them, though, I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to do, like, a, a best of, like, we would get together and talk about the best movies you watched in 2020? That, that does sound like a much better idea. Or you could just tell me which were the best of 2020 and I can go through each episode and just put a clips episode <laughs> together. Maybe. Uh, but, like, if it, if it was near the end of the list, some of them are just like, oh, yeah, this one's good. <laughs> it's great. All right, moving on. Can you guys hear Booker making yeah, this noise? Yeah, no. A little bit. Real. Yeah, he's saying he's like I don't know what he's doing. It's like he's a he's like a car or something. He's like, it's I mean I know he doesn't know what that is, so that's not what it is. But is it because I'm not looking at you? Okay, I think he just wants to be included. You want to talk about a movie you watched? You haven't watched any movies. All right, I'm gonna take him back to Liz. I think she's eaten already. So why didn't you watch no movies? Well, I mean, he's not supposed to. We're not supposed to have, he, like they're not supposed to watch TV until like eighteen months. What? Like it can be overstimulating, apparently. Oh, man, we have not that, years. not that we've been perfect about that. He definitely glances at the TV. Uh, Should I think? In like fact, we... I'm I'm pretty sure he got excited when he was in here the other day, and I had The Simpsons on, and The Simpsons theme came on. It seemed like he got really happy because he was like, "Oh, I know this." Yeah, he 100% knows the Simpsons theme. All right. Oh, I'm going to take him to his mom. Hold on a second. All right, do All that. Right. Ooh, Happy, and, uh, Happy Hogan and Peter are bonding right now. That's nice. He just, he... Uh, he's about to, uh, he's giving him the necklace to give to Zendaya. Things ha- don't, don't work out. And then he's about to start working on his shit like he was Iron Man and Happy gets nostalgic. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I love classic music. Oh, man. Those references are great. It's like they do that joke every time, and it's always funny. Do you think they can keep the Nazi storyline for Magneto if they introduce him now? It's... I just just feel It's hard, because it's so part of his character, but yeah, it's like, he's gonna be 90? Unless there's something that specifically... That we don't know that they don't age, you know what I mean? Like as 
of human yeah. ages would be the only reasonable explanation. I think what they could they could do. Hmm. They could have said it in uh, apartheid South Africa and have him be in a camp there because that was up to the seventies. I mean, you know, there's plenty of. Uh... Yeah, like I, th- I think they could. It would be interesting if they kept that idea that he has that past trauma, but maybe move it to a different group other than Nazis. Yeah. He was at my pizza rolls again, man, and I know he's he ate not too long ago. I don't know why. Because man, sometimes shit just smells so good you can't help yourself. You want to grab more than one. Yeah. Pizza rolls. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by pizza rolls. No brand, just no, pizza just rolls. Pizza just rolls. pizza rolls. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the concept of pizza rolls. Are we gonna just start like pretending like our episodes are sponsored and hope that like if we do it enough, the sponsors will just come? Just brand well, This episode man. is uh, sponsored by Nike. If we just no. keep saying that, eventually oh, Nike's I... like, well, I guess, I guess we gotta. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I was thinking more like this episode's brought to you by broccoli. Uh, I don't know. I just went with different food. This episode's brought to you by the artificial flavor of cherry. This is brought the to you best by artificial flavor. I don't want big broccoli coming after us now. <laughs> Not big broccoli. No, they don't play yep. fair. They will absolutely sue you. Yep. Oh, man. All right, let's go. Movies in July. Charlie watched some with his grandma, some with his mom, some with his dad, some just all on his own, some with friends, though that's probably going to be in August because that wasn't in July. He may not have watched any movies with friends in July. I don't know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're about to find out if Charlie's watched any movies with friends in July. Charlie, have you watched any movies with friends in July? I did. All right. All right. I was right. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> All right, Charlie, what was first on your list? Men with first, brooms. Men with I brooms is a documentary about the uh, EVS community. No, it is a uh, Canadian classic written and directed by Paul Gross. And uh, classic is a bit of a uh, quotes around. It. It's good. It's very, very, very Canadian. It's uh, about Paul Gross is a curling. Uh, guy who comes back to town because their old coach died and the curling team gets back together and tries to win the uh, tournament for their old coach. Got Paul Gross, Molly Parker. Um, There's at least five different uses of uh, O Canada throughout the movie. It's it's very much Canadian cinema. Five different uses of O Canada? Like, yeah, they ha- they have the uh, actual traditional song whenever they start a game, and there's like a, f- a rock cover of it at one point. Oh, it's so like var- variations yeah. of it. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. And uh, the best I've never part is understood curling. Uh, I've seen this movie twice now, and uh, neither do I. It's it's a dumb sport where they th- slide rocks down a sheet of ice. Um, uh, I assumed you knew because it's isn't that like a fairly Canadian thing. It's it's very Canadian. I, I my gr- grandpa did it. I'm aware of curling. You have to get the rock in the uh, within the circle, but it still seems like a really dumb sport to me. And they and they and they're sweeping involved. In- yeah, because if if you slide it at a certain speed, if you uh, sweep in front of it, you can slow uh, it 
keeps it going faster. If you stop sweeping, it s- slows down a bit. It's just a trying. It's like a giant version of shuffleboard on ice. I mean, I feel like this seems like a thing that's popular now. But, like, we don't realize that, like, initially Vikings played it and the curling thing was, like, the their enemies' heads. And it was, like, some post-victory drunken Viking sport. That's it now, was invented like, by the Scottish, so it, it, it 100% was they were drunk and they were just like, hey, you know, if we just throw rocks down the ice. No, they threw I British I on that heads. They were British heads. That's what the Scots used for curling. I guarantee you that's what they used. The one really good thing about Men of Brooms, though, is uh, Leslie Nielsen is in it as Paul Gross's uh, bit of an abrasive dad who becomes their new coach. And about most of the movie is super high on magic mushrooms, and he's very funny. In real life, he was super high on magic mushrooms? I don't believe so. I think it's just in the film. Just in the film. Well, I didn't, I didn't understand what you meant. Like, I didn't know. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the character in the film is growing troops and is always high. Okay, all right. My, all right, my bad. Maybe I thought it was like a weird film fact. Like, oh, by the way, Leslie Nielsen did a shit ton of shrooms for some reason during this filming and was like, he, he could have. All right. Uh, I, I don't want to confirm or deny, but. All right, Leslie Nielsen did a bunch of moon shrooms per Charlie. Moving on. <laughs> Away from her. The story uh, that was the sequel from Away From Home, because, no? No, Sp- Spider-Man's not in this one. This oh. is, uh... I thought that was Far uh, From Home. Away From Home, I thought it was about animals. They got left somewhere, and then they made their way home. No, is that not it? What? No. That's uh, Homeward you're Bound. Homeward, Homeward Bound. Bound. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Uh, uh, away From Her... The, if we watch these both on uh, uh, July 1st for Canada Day. It's another Canadian film. It's uh, directed by Sarah Pauly. And it is an absolutely beautiful, uh, amazing, heartbreaking film. But it is so goddamn sad. It's about uh, Gordon Pinza is, plays a husband who his wife gets um, uh, Alzheimer's. And he puts her into a home, and when she's there, she forgets about him, even though he still comes and visits every day, and she starts to fall in love with another guy there. And he he just kind of has to make her comfortable while this is going on, and it's him dealing with that emotional heartache. Yeah. So it's very good, but it is sad. Yeah. I, I can't recommend it in good conscience unless you know you're going into... It's amazing, but you will just cry. Alright, good good tip, good tip. Alright, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, watch this one with my grandma and my mom. Uh, my mom really liked it, my grandma did not. She does not like westerns, unfortunately. Her and Billy don't like westerns. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really cool one. It's uh, Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. It was one of uh, a later John Ford western, and it's all about how the west was really more of a myth and legend than actual truth and the real thing was quite awful that's it's uh jimmy stewart's playing a lawyer who's come to town who's trying to be law and bring in you know the the new world and john wayne represents the uh old gunslinger who's now past his prime it's one of the few times i've liked john wayne in a film gotcha i don't know if i've ever i mean i know i've seen john wayne movies but like I definitely wasn't trying to watch no John Wayne movies as a kid. Yeah, I've 
I'm sure I've seen one or two. The only one that comes to mind, I know I've seen The Searchers. That's decent. Yeah, it was all right. That was years ago. Uh, Moving on to Gun Crazy. Gun Crazy. This is a classic noir, uh, really nasty femme fatale is one of the leads. She's just this... It's this guy who's obsessed with shooting guns, and he meets uh, this trick shooter in a carnival, and the two of them start robbing banks together. Um, It's loosely based on Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Yeah. The Um, coolest thing about it, though, it has one uh, whole sequence where they rob a bank where the camera is just in the back of the car, so it stays on her while she's waiting outside, and it kind of looks to the side, and you see the silhouette of what's going on in the bank, and then pans back and sees her panicking, and they drive off, and they shot it, like, on the streets of L.A. with just a camera in the back where they almost got arrested because real cops thought they were robbing a bank. Oh, crazy. That would be yeah. scary. Um, This gun crazy uh, made me uh, remember last week I said I had watched something, but I couldn't remember, and this reminded me. I watched Guns Akimbo. I'm Miles, and this is the story of the worst day of my life. Another schism. 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 Schism picked random psychos, weirdos, and criminals and made them fight each other to the death. So the internet loved it. And then I came into the picture. Um, oh, how is that? I, uh, it was fine. I enjoyed it. Daniel Radcliffe is funny. It is like, a, in my what I thought of, it just reminded me of Running Man a little bit, sort of in its concept. Uh, it just like you know, like a game show that people watch about violence, per se, not like the actual mm-hmm. Running Man aspect. But I mean, Daniel Radcliffe uh, was good. Uh, you know, a lot of funny stuff with him trying to do stuff with those guns uh, bolted to his hands. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I enjoyed the ending as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, but yeah, I haven't so, seen that one yet. I, I, I like the director's first film. Uh, the director kind of became a huge raging asshole on Twitter and like sicked a whole bunch of, uh, of his followers to attack a journalist. Um, it got kind of nasty, so I was like, uh, I'm going to wait Jesus. a while before I watch. Uh, because he got mad about, I think it was about a review, or he thought the journalist was uh, encouraging someone else to hurt themselves, which wasn't true. So he was like, get followers, get this person, they're terrible. And it was a week before the movie came out. I was like, what are you doing, man? You're killing your chances here. What a trash pile of a human being. Yeah. Um, So it's it's kind of made me lenient to watch it. Because like, oh, it looked good. And I liked his first film. But he's such a dickhead. Well, I I watched it because of Harry Potter. So. um, Yeah. And I I love Daniel Radcliffe. He's always picks fun roles. Yeah. He picks really weird, weird out there roles. Um, Yeah. the next movie on your list is City Lights. Fun this fact, is... one of my favorite songs is called City Lights. It's Bun B featuring Method Man and Red Man. I, I do suspect... not know the song. That's cool. I, I suspect this has nothing to do with that. Very, very unlikely. This is a... Charlie Chaplin film. This was his last fully silent movie. Um, it's a sweet romance. It's very funny. Chaplin. It, my grandma loves it, so that's why we watched it. 
Nice. Is she a big Chaplin fan? What's her favorite Charlie Chaplin movie? Favorite one is uh, actually further down the list. It's Limelight. Oh, nice. Cool. All right, then uh, we'll, we'll wait to get to that. Then moving on, Zootopia was next on your list. Yeah, I, uh, I got access to Disney Plus and uh, went over the list of everything Disney and Pixar has released in the last few years and just asked my mom, which one of these have you not seen? Okay, we're going to watch all of those. Nice. So Zootopia was the first one up, which I, I love Zootopia. Yeah, Zootopia yeah I think that's a, that's a solid movie. What did your mom think? She really liked it, too. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I mean, that's, I, uh... the the slot at the DMV is still just like. <laughs> oh yeah, that was best, wonderful. I don't know how many times I've seen it, and I still just laugh from the minute they start until the end of the scene. Yeah. Um, uh, I need to watch it again. It's been a while since I've watched it, but. Yeah, I do too. It's a it's a really good movie, actually. How is the, your next one on your list is Onwards? How is that? I haven't sat down to watch it yet. I was actually kind of impressed. I I went in expecting a lower tier Pixar. I wouldn't say it's their top tier, but it's definitely like a respectable middle. Um, It takes a while to get going, but the chemistry between Tom Holland and Chris Pratt is really good. And it kind of creeps up on you about near the middle act or start of act three. You're like, wow, I, I actually really care about these characters and I'm, shocked how invested i am right now so it, it, it's slow but it gets really good towards the end nice billy i'm I real assume... behind on on pixar movies i haven't seen it no uh Talk i do want to watch it well it's i i haven't seen a, any of the newer pixar movies in the last few years i don't think uh, have you seen incredibles 2 then have you not seen i haven't seen incredibles 2 i haven't seen uh i didn't watch coco oh coco's so good I do. I want to watch Coco. I've tried to watch it multiple times, and I realized I'm just going to have to watch it by myself, because it, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I should watch this with Liz, but I don't think she, she doesn't want to watch it, because she was like, why do you want to watch something that I think is going to make me cry? It, that like, instinct yeah. is correct. <laughs> it's I, I actually think it's Pixar's saddest film. It, it beats up for me. Well, it's funny, because I, I am the opposite. If I find out something's going to make me cry, I'm more, I'm more tempted to watch it, where I'm like, oh, this is going to make me feel interesting. I mean, it must be good. If it's good enough to make me sad, I must really care about these characters. Like, that that makes it seem like it, it must be good. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's just, it, if you have a close connection to a grandmother, it will just cut to your soul. It's so not a surprise that it was not on on your list this time around. Well, no, I watched it with my mom a few months ago, and I, I asked, like, "Do you want to rewatch Coco?" And she's like, "No, I'm not ready to rewatch that. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon." Yeah. Um. Uh. Moving on. Uh. Little Miss Broadway. This is a Shirley Temple movie. Um. My grandma had a box set of three Shirley Temple films. We watched two of them. This was the first. Uh. It's okay. It's. They were not good movies. They're cheap, made for kids. Shirley Temple's cute. There's like five dance numbers, and they're all dumb. But it's an enjoyable fluff film. My mom looked like Shirley Temple as a kid, which is weird because her name is Shirley. Oh, wow. Um, Also, Shirley Temple is one of my favorite drinks as a kid as well. Same. They're delicious. Oh, man. I've never had one. I could go for one right now. They're really sweet. Mm, that uh, with that cherry, mm, cherry. Mm. Uh, moving on, moving on. 
Next up would be Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton. Uh, this. Wait, what is it? He was talk. You poet was talking. I didn't hear what you said. Hamilton. Both of it. Well, I said Hamilton. He said Hamilton. But I, uh, I mumbled it more or less, and and so you know what? Shut up, Billy. Hey, guess what? Uh, I've seen that you haven't. Uh, yeah, we talked about it last episode. Hamilton. Yeah, that's right. Why don't you two talk <laughs> about it while I go take a 30-minute break? <laughs> How good was it, right? <laughs> oh, it's excellent. It is It all is right. very good. It's uh, worth all the hype. Yeah, because I, I, I uh, it was about two or three years ago, a friend of mine forced me to listen to the soundtrack and about three songs in, I was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm entirely hooked. And the rest of the summer, I on and off just listened to it start to finish over and over again. So I really liked the music and lyrics. So I, I had high hopes and it still blew me away. Like it's just a really, really well put together filming of a stage show. Yeah, I was that's about the same thing happened with me where I listened to it on a road trip uh, and I was like, oh, this is yeah, I get it. This is great. I really like this. And I've listened to it a few times since then. Uh, but then seeing the visuals with it, it's just on another level. You know, yeah, it was, like, it was like a wholly new show. It was impressive. Uh, and all the different, between not just the music, but like the, everything that's going on on stage and the characters. I, I, I The whole time I was just like, how does someone write this? Like, it's, insa- it's insane that like... Because it's not even just like the quality of the music, because yes, that that is there, but also like the the historic aspects of it too. Even though you know definitely liberties are taken, but even then, yeah. like I just I was like, my god, like I it must have taken forever to get something like this done. Yeah, it's it's and I watched this with my mom, and she had not listened to it before, so she went in completely blind, and it took. I think about three songs before she was like, yeah, did you, you were not, you did not undersell this. It's by the time the King showed up, she was already fully on board. Yeah. Liz was, uh, I think pretty, pretty into it by then. Uh, I think when, uh, the satisfied song came along, that's when she was, when Liz was like, really like, okay, no, I'm into this. I, I, see. I, I, I get it now. Like this has not been overhyped. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. I, I, I really I, I really enjoyed it. Um actually wait, what wasn't isn't uh well I guess if it's not I'm just gonna ruin it anyway, but uh, isn't Moana also on your list? Uh it is, yeah. It's a bit further down the list, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that, that I wanted to make sure my mom saw Hamilton first before we watch Moana be like, and you see all this music from that guy. Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. I was like, Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, he he's Dude's got a solid career ahead of him. Yeah. We would have gotten the fucking movie of his first uh, musical, In the Heights. It was supposed to come out like now, but no movies are coming out now. No, no. Which I guess is understandable. Keeping people it's... healthy and shit, whatever. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I don't even like to save people. Do you want to talk about Moana? I mean, it's only like one, two, three, four, five. Ahead. May as well. I haven't seen that one yet either. I have. Boom. It's all, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock's really good in it. Oh yeah. It's very funny. Is there a movie where you where you can't say? Is there a movie, even like a bad movie that he's in, where you just go like, ah, oh, The Rock wasn't great in this. Like, I feel like he always at least puts the effort in. 
I feel like there's got to be at least one or two of those shitty straight-to-action movies he made after the rundown, but before he got good that have to be terrible. Like, the ones where he tried to play it serious. The rundown's great. Oh, yeah, the rundown is good. Um, Uh, That one was also with my mom. She really liked it. The rundown? She really liked the rundown? No, uh, the the Moana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right on. Moving on, moving on from Moana. Adam's, uh, oh, no, wait. The Naked Spur. Which I assume is about, uh, well, God damn it! Who is the chick that rode the horse naked? Was it? It starts with a G. Oh, Lady it? Godiva. Godiva! Ah, I knew it was something like that. God damn it! I was gonna say Gwendolyn, but then I was like, hold on, that wasn't her name. Um, so uh, I, I don't really know why it's called the Naked Spur. Like, there's. There's a bit towards the end where someone has to climb a mountain hill by using like their cowboy spurs to c- on the back of their boots. So I'm guessing that's it, but it's a pretty random title. Uh, it's actually really good. It's uh, Jimmy Stewart's in it as a washed-up bounty hunter who's trying to c- collect this uh, a wanted poster on a guy, and he and a grizzled prospector he runs into, and a uh, ex Civil War. Uh, veteran who was kicked out of the army for being um, like basically nuts and they couldn't trust him in battle. So it's those three meet up and team and try and k- stop this uh, killer and take him back for the reward. And they capture him in the first like 20 minutes of the film. And it's him and his girlfriend who's played by Janet Lee. And then it's the whole movie is them taking him back to collect the bounty. And it's him just psychologically fucking with all of them being like, hey, you know, if, if you push that guy over the cliff, the two of you have to split it two ways instead of three ways. And he kind of does this to each one, trying to get them to turn on each other. And the whole movie is just building paranoia and tension. So it's like an extended version of the opening scene to The Dark Knight. I was just thinking that. Uh. <laughs> I'm betting the Joker told you to kill me as soon as we loaded the cash. <sighs> No, 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 no. I killed a bus driver. Bus driver? What bus driver? School's out. <laughs> well, not so much that. More just like he's trying to like, uh, you know, if you let me go, I could get you this money. It's like, it's just him trying to unnerve the his kidnappers. And then the bus hits them and it's really out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it was just like time traveling bus. It was a surprising ending. Billy, I'm with you on this. Charlie's wrong. It's 100% like the <laughs> Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's good shit. All right, moving on. Adam's Rib. Adam's Rib. Uh, watch this one with my grandma. It's uh, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. It was the first movie they acted in together. And uh, they had about like seven or eight uh, times they worked together. It was a big, long career. But uh, it's really, really super sexist, but it's funnily trying to be progressive. It's about a uh, husband and wife team that are both lawyers, and the husband is hired to uh, uh, accuse, or he's defending a guy who is attempted to be killed by this girl because he was having an affair and Catherine Hepburn gets mad and decides to defend the girl for her right to like, he was having an affair. She should be able to shoot at him. 
And it's the two of them as a legal t- t- uh, team arguing against each other, but then they're also married, so they get home and argue at the end of the night. Completely would never, ever, ever be allowed to happen, but it's... You know, what judge is like, uh, I'm gonna allow this. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's about, like, so she's trying to fight for women's rights and does it in such a, like, super uh, not good way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny and their chemistry is really good, but Ooh, it is dated as fuck. Um, I just, breaking news, guys, hold on. This is breaking news. We come to you now with revelations about last week's attack in London. An anonymous source provided this video. It shows Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, moments before his death. A warning, you may find this video disturbing. Spider-Man's name is Peter Parker. There you have it, folks, conclusive proof. That Spider-Man was responsible for the brutal murder of Mysterio. <laughs> Dude, it is 2020. It is not cool to do a breaking news thing. I thought that like someone had been nuked for some shit. Yeah, I was like, all right, what's it going to be? Oh, man, J. Jonah Jameson's on the news, though, my dudes. I had to break in. <laughs> man, when J. Right. Jonah Jameson shows up in that movie, I was so fucking excited. Man. Like, ah! <laughs> I threw my hand in the air and immediately was like, oh, there are people behind me. I better bring it down. Yeah, like that that movie, like I enjoyed that movie, but it could have been a bad movie like the rest of the movie. Like it would have been shitty and boring. That moment would have happened and been like, oh, that was worth the price of the ticket right there. Well, hey, five seconds. Hey, it's <laughs> like I don't like that animated Spider-Man at all. But I watched the whole thing. And when that Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme popped up, I was like, fuck, that was worth it. That whole movie was worth it just so that meme could pop up at the end because that shit cracked me up yeah that was a fantastic <sighs> ending oh man all right moving on 50 50 the uh comedy about having cancer indeed about maybe having cancer right because he's not sure if he has it no no he totally has cancer yeah no, oh he, he does totally okay yeah. Yeah. have you yeah, the seen 50, the 50 movie, is... billy no, I haven't. I Obviously. That's what oh, you should watch. It's oh, really I, I, good. Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah. You, oh, you've seen it, Poet? Yeah. yeah, I have seen it. No, you haven't. Yeah, okay. I have. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have seen it. Because I'm telling 50. you, you haven't. I've decided you haven't. <laughs> that's how this works. Uh, uh, it's actually not how it works. I said you hadn't seen it because I know you hadn't seen it. <laughs> you took a shot just like I did. We were really? like, he probably no, has. But if you it, said, "Oh yeah, he doesn't say, have cancer," it's like, uh, the fifty fifty is what the doctors tell him his chances for getting through it. Like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. Okay, yeah. But I wasn't pretending like I'd seen it. Not like that one time, you jerk. What movie that was, was that? Was that the, was that Mission Impossible? That was uh, that was the last <laughs> was Mission Impossible <laughs> movie. <laughs> seen that yet? No, no, I haven't seen. It. So what? So what <laughs> happened was we were doing this episode. Oh, man. And Poe was like... What? Uh, D- Dak was on it, right? Was Dak on the episode? Yeah, I, don't D- I think Dak was on the episode. Uh, but Poe was like, we're going to talk about this because I saw it. And you know, he was like, you think you can see it this week? And I was like, oh, maybe. I think I could do that. Uh, and I didn't. But then I told him I did because I was like, these Mission Impossible movies are so similar. I could probably just pretend like I saw it and see how long I can go before he realizes I didn't. And it took a few minutes. It was a little bit. He said, I, I was like, what was your favorite part? And he was like, oh, the part where he got blown up or some dumb shit. I was like, you ain't I was like, no, movie. I was like, the part where, I was like, I like that part where Tom Cruise is running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate you. 
Like oh, fair, man. that is an easy shot, but you should watch it. It's 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 easily the best Mission Impossible film. And really? it will remind you a lot. Yeah, it will remind you a lot of The Dark Knight. Disagree. Mission Impossible 3 is the best one. Um, however, it's my least I, favorite. I say you have to watch it just because. 2 is my least it's, favorite. It's the movie that fucking derailed Superman's mustache in, uh, in yeah. Justice League. And oh, Cavill man. is so good in it. He's such an like all of his fights are so badass. It is. It, I mean, for the most part, it goes. The ending for me is a little long. It's just. It, it too does kind of keep escalating a bit. It's like okay, I get you're trying to raise stakes, but you're now at a point where it's a one step further, and it would be comedy. And I would say it's probably my second favorite one. I go three. Uh, and then this one and one probably tied because I like one for the, it started the franchise. I like yeah. it's more, um, kind of like, uh, I like it's more, I don't know how to describe it. It's, you know, like I, fallout I, I, is definitely like more of a movie where like mission impossible felt more like, like a, an extended mission impossible episode, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. I yeah. remember liking the first one because I like I liked that story of like oh they I mean, we said like a lot in the last like sixty seconds we showed it um, <laughs> I like that like totally no, I'm trying like, not to know, say it. whatever I I enjoyed <laughs> the fact that uh, he was a he was considered a double agent and he had to like God damn it. <laughs> 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 oh, on this very special episode, Billy <laughs> learns he's a valley girl. Oh man, I think we know this episode is just going to be called "Like," <laughs> like you know, oh, it was a solid movie. Um, <laughs> oh man, um, uh, but yeah. Anyway, you should watch Fifty Fifty. Yeah, Fifty Fifty is no really good. Uh, I mean, Adam Kendrick, Anna Kendrick. Uh, um, Joe Scord Levitt and Joseph Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen are all uh, really good. And who's the like the girlfriend? I can't remember who it is. All of a sudden, uh, but it's like uh, she's super good too, despite the fact she's a terrible person in this movie. It's Ron Howard's daughter. Yes, uh, yes. Bryce Dallas uh, Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, yeah, no, it it is a good movie, Bill. You should totally watch it. Um, moving on to Rot, uh, Rancho Notorious. Y'all, check it. Call Lil C's. Tell that motherfucker to bring me some no, motherfucking weed no, from the hospital. No, fuck that. Notorious. Tell that reporter to go pick up 10,000 from Dez and go no, take about like no, 20 G's from Dino. No, tell that motherfucker to get this nigga next door up out of here. That nigga be snoring all night. I can't sleep. And call that big butt nurse with the long hair to come suck my dick. Bad boy, come on. The doctor said I need about three weeks of recovery. <laughs> There's a uh, that's a better opening than the film deserves. It's a, it's, it's it's okay. It's a Fritz Lang western. Um, there's not really much to it. This this guy, uh, his girl's killed by a robber. He then tracks down the robber, and just as he's dying, um, he says one word of a name of a I think it's like Chuckaloo. It's some kind of gambling game. And he then tries to search down what that means and where uh, the person was. And it leads to this notorious ranch that's run by uh, ex-showgirl who's uh, Marlene Dietrichs, I believe, is playing her. It, she's pretty good. It's 
just kind of bleak. It's Fritz Lang. He doesn't like people. He especially doesn't like women. You, uh, th- this seems like this was a very Disney slash Western month for you. Class the first. Misogynistic. That's unfortunately just a lot of old movies. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I got Disney Plus, so I went through a whole bunch of Disney, and the Criterion Channel had a special on. Westerns. Um, uh, yeah, Western noirs, so like the darker side of westerns. Oh, gotcha. But uh, to be f- fair, that was also the last one. All right. Well, speaking of uh, incredibly dark and incredibly bleak westerns, Toy Story 4. It's uh, okay. Did, yeah, did I, tried, it? I tried watching it. I just, it didn't, something about it didn't catch me. Yeah, like, it wasn't bad. It's just yeah. compared to the other three, it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. But it doesn't have, it's missing something that the others had. Well, I honestly, this feels like something that's not for me necessarily. Like, I feel like because I'm a fan of one, two, and three, this feels like this is the the beginning for the next people, next group of people to watch. You know, like so this, this is like is Toy their, Story: The Force Awakens, sort of, yeah, or the uh, or the the prequel trilogy too, because they're you know there's a whole generation that their Star Wars began with the prequels. And they in, love the prequels and the original trilogy is whatever. And, you know, the sequels are whatever, but they love the prequels and then especially the memes. But I, yeah, mean, but I mean, like, like this would be like a, the, the Force Awakens because it's a sequel. Like you know, if, they, if they did a prequel to Toy Story, I think no, that would just be like yeah. you. You only said that because you wanted to say the Force Awakens to try to troll me. It's OK. No. What? Yeah. No. Because no, you, you don't, you don't, you don't dislike me. the Force Awakens. Why would I be trying to troll you that way? Yeah, yeah it's, you it's, it's the next one, you troll. No, it's 100% what you were doing, and you know it. Don't even <laughs> it's not. It. I, I promise it's not. No, I don't, because I, I, I won't even talk about that movie. Everything the one. I did you know for the you one. this week for your birthday, and this is how you treat me. All right, uh, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Finding Dory, the sequel to the trilogy Finding Nemo. <laughs> uh, I liked it. It's my first time seeing it since theaters, um, and it, it's charming. I don't think it's as good as the first, but I liked it better than Toy Story Four. Um, I really like the ending, and I love Eugene Levy as Dory's dad. I uh, I haven't seen this one either. I was Nemo was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's, it's really I... charming. It's worth like. It's Pixar. It's not bad. It's you're going to have a good time. You're going to laugh. Uh, when it's over, you feel like you're missing something, but it's still while you're watching. You're like, that was nice. This feels like I, mean, I love I love Finding Nemo, but I just I don't know the same thing with Toy Story Four, where I was like, this is like a weird sequel. Yeah, I'm normally I'm not that person that's like, we don't need a sequel to that. Like I'm fine. You can make a hundred sequels to something if you have a story to tell, and I'm down for it. But having not seen them yet, there is that part of me that's just like, why do you need to do another one of these? Like, I feel like the story was kind of complete in that one movie, or in Toy Story's case, those three movies. You had like a whole thing done. Yeah, it's kind of like, weird that you're going again. Not that it necessarily means it won't be story <laughs> telling or that it won't be good, but I I'm skeptical, which is probably why I haven't been in a big rush to see either of those movies yet yeah i would say uh dory's better than toy story 4 because toy story 3 is such a perfect ending that it just it, it never it's not good enough to overcome the fact that it's 
that perfect of an ending. Finding Dory at least does something a bit interesting and shifts focus to just be on Dory. Like uh, Nemo and his dad are still in it, but they're much more side characters. Uh, I'm concerned about this society that keeps losing people. Why have they not implemented a buddy system? I mean, the ocean's pretty big, man. I don't know what to tell you. They're fish. All right, here's my next question. Amongst Pixar sequels, where does it rank? Hmm. So, and I mean just the true number two. So Cars 2. Haven't seen any of the Cars. Uh, 2, Incredibles 2. I think it's better than Incredibles 2 and about... No one? No one? No. Oh man. Come on man. Wall F. That's just hilarious. Do, do you have cricket noise you, you can insert there? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll fucking take care of it, wise <laughs> ass. Uh yeah, I would say it's better than uh, it's better than Monsters University. It's better than um I think it's better than Incredibles 2. Shut your whore mouth. I can't say it. I haven't seen Finding Dory. I enjoy uh, Incredibles 2. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's as good as the first. Um, Yeah, I don't think anything has to always be better or as good as the first. It's yeah, nice but the Toy Story movies got better. Mm, the, se- I, the second one I can take or leave. The third one is I'll give you is, is uh, a great great um film but yeah. i can take or leave too i mean i think the second one's pretty damn great uh that's just me but... yeah you, you have the the song when she loved me it's just the saddest thing <laughs> oh man you just i guess i don't even remember that song <laughs> so i was watching uh since i've been watching the simpsons so much i haven't seen a lot of like the newer stuff, and by newer, I mean like the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I just had, you know, whatever, I hadn't really watched it. But there's actually some pretty good stuff in there. One of which is uh, there's an episode where Bart makes a short film, and it gets nominated for a bunch of awards. It's an That's animated awesome. film. And he goes uh, to these award shows, and he's meeting people, and they're like, oh, you made uh, you made that short film. That's great. Like, you know, who are you up against? Oh, we're up against this – they call it Mixar instead of Pixar, but it's yeah. – you know. Uh, and so <laughs> it's a bunch of guys, and they're wearing, like, Hawaiian shirts. And Bart's like, oh, my god, you, you're Mixar. You're, that's, you guys are awesome. I love your stuff. I'm a, we, we're in the same category tonight. And they're like, oh, we are? Well – and they get like real serious and they look back and they're like, tell him Randy. And it's Randy Newman on a piano. And he starts singing, you've got an enemy. (laughs) (laughs) And I, 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 I lost myself. I thought it was hilarious. I went and told Liz. She She didn't find it funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty funny. That's the hardest part I think I've ever been married to me. It's like it happens multiple times a week where like I have to tell someone something (laughs) and she's here. So I'm like, hey, guess what? I told her the other day I'm excited about the Suicide Squad game. She don't give a shit about the Suicide Squad game. But I was like, oh, no, that's going to be cool. Hey, it does look really cool. I wanted Did they show anything other than the picture, the poster for it? No, just the poster, which Man, is good enough yeah. for me. Yeah, that was that's a good, that's all I need to know. That really I trust Rocksteady, uh, and I want to kill Superman. So, like hold me. on. I want, it's going to be Bizarro. He's purple. 
I, I want to talk about this. Uh, are Rocksteady, is that the one that did the first three or the one that did the off no, one? No, they, they, they did, uh, well, the first two and the last one. They the didn't do the third two. one, which was... Which was, the, which was the one that had the the Batmobile that you could drive at the beginning or whatever? Because I just tried to play that one. I had to quit it because I kept launching myself out of the Batmobile, and I was just like, well, this is dumb. Oh, I think that's Arkham Knight. I think that was is the that last Ar- one. Is that the last one? But that was the one they worked on that one? Yeah, they did that one. And that and, one's good, all the way up until the end, actually, which um, I think is really weird. It's The ending's odd, but everything up to that is great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah, but that the the poster for Suicide Squad looks dope as shit. Yeah, it's it's definitely well, gonna be well, and, the games and, I get PS Five for. Well, and that's the thing. I, here's the thing, though: is this just the first one? Because one of the things in the article I read that uh, it said that one of the the things that was uh, one of the domains that was secured a while ago was uh, Suicide Squad kills Justice League. So oh, that'd be gonna, awesome. Are we going to see more heroes with the Suicide Squad target on them? I, I'd watch that. I'd play that. Man. Watch this game be like a thousand times better than the Suicide Squad movie we got. I mean, how hard <laughs> would that be, though? Like, if, it, if, it, if the game was just a blank CD that had a photo of you getting kicked in the nuts, it would still be better than that fucking movie. Well, damn, I wouldn't have gone that far. I got some enjoyment out of it. I agreed. I got some enjoyment out Not of it. Not a lot. Like, I Very enjoyed little, Harley Quinn. I enjoyed uh, the flame guy whose name I can't pronounce or think, remember I mean. Pronounce. I mean uh, Diablo. I, like, yeah, Diablo. His, uh, only... his uh, second tier form was fantastic. Why did we wait? Why they waited to pull that dude out? They should have. If they'd have pulled him out, that movie would have been five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I could I, go on for a long time about the things I don't like about that movie, but I'm not going to be that person. I am going to say one thing about it because it bugs the shit out of me every time I think about it. Why would Batman attack a guy and his son in an alleyway? Daughter. Oh, daughter. Whatever. A kid and a parent in an alleyway, and he's Batman. It's, no it's a bad movie. I, I, I think it's the movie's biggest sin is that the most charismatic, funny, and enjoyable actor in the movie is Jai Courtney. And the the fact that that movie made me praise Jai Courtney is is an unforgivable sin. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I, 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 felt, I felt the same way about how good he was in that movie. And I was like, that's so funny because I find him – I've found him so boring in everything else I've seen him in. Yeah, he's and genuinely the one time funny. I'm like the one time I'm like, oh, he did a good job. It's in this movie. <laughs> what others? I know he's been in other stuff. What's he been in? Uh, he was in Terminator Genesis. Uh, oh, yeah, awful. that movie's terrible. Oh God, man! No, was... Wasn't he in? Um... No, it was Sam Worthington that was in <laughs> Avatar. Salvation. Yeah. Oh, Salvation. Oh no, you're thinking Avatar. Yeah. Uh, he was. Oh, there was something else that he was in that I saw that I was like, oh, this guy's terrible. What was was did he play um, uh, Bruce Willis's son in yes, Yeah, Good Day to Die Hard? It. That's the other one. That's the one that I was like, Oh, that's right. And that movie, I I saw that movie with my buddy Ray. He was my best man at my wedding, uh, and yeah, he's a huge Die Hard fan, of course, because Die Hard is awesome. Yeah. Uh, 
And we we both felt pretty much the same way about Live Free or Die Hard. It was like, oh, it was okay. I I, I did, you know, it wasn't great or anything, but I got some I got enjoyment. It's watchable. Out of that movie. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Uh, so I was like, maybe we'll get something like that out of this one. And both of us were just like, even halfway through that movie, we're like, oh my god, this is too, why did they make this? I just, I just <laughs> loved how every time there was a problem that he couldn't solve, like Bruce Willis just magically appeared with whatever it was needed to complete the task. And then yelled, I'm on vacation, even though he wasn't on vacation, and he yelled it like a million times. I, I, why did this episode become us complaining about movies that aren't on this list? <laughs> Such a weird swerve. Oh, man. All right, uh, moving on to the Guns of the Navarone. Yeah, I watched this one with my dad. It was uh, It's fun. It's a war adventure movie. Um, Gregory Peck's in it. He's really charming as a lead. It was neat to watch because uh, it was a movie my dad remembered seeing in theaters with his dad when he was like uh, eight years old or a little kid. So it was fun to watch it with my dad, knowing that he had seen it with his, like when it first came out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's like a bunch of soldiers sent on a mission, and it's way more fun and uh, enjoyable and funny than you would expect a war movie to be about a suicide mission but uh if you get past that it's it's really good um right on so uh, i mean you're saying a war movie about a suicide mission can't be upbeat well it's just it's a weird mix of tones like you're being sent in to die okay and then like the next half hour is them making wisecracks and just it's uh the tone is just very like upbeat and chipper music throughout it. I gotcha, I gotcha. Hey, uh, Peter Parker's about to become uh, get bit by a a spider. Wait, so wait, I what movie are you watching now? So, so listen, I'm so listen. Charlie already knows this, but it went. I'm not, the Stars Channel for whatever reason. Had Star uh, Star Wars, Spider Man Far From Home was on, and then it immediately went to 2002 Spider Man, and then going to be followed by 2004 Spider Man Two, followed by the brand new Bad Boys. So I'm on the the OG Spider Man. Tobey Maguire and James Franco are at the uh, museum, or at the it looks like it's a museum, but they're in this wherever the spider bites them. Yeah, it's a museum. Just after Willem, Willem Dafoe is like, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah, you're right. Well, I That's... thought it was the Oscorp building, wasn't it? Well, I don't no. know. It's, uh, it's weird because like they're in like what looks like a rotunda of something with these huge, ginormous marble columns and like a balcony area that looks like, you know, like almost like you would see like in like a museum but like straight science lab is just straight there. Everything they're in the middle of is science stuff. And one of the spider tanks is empty. MJ, the reporter notices this. Why exactly uh, does Harry get dropped off by his dad and not in the, on the bus with everybody else? I, I thought that was because he's rich and rich people live different, Billy, uh, but not, he still goes, I mean, but he still goes to school. Like that's just bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, man, the rich live differently. My dude, like, I want you to go to the, the public school, but uh, you're not taking a bus like the common riffraff. Peter's going to make his move on, move on MJ. 
and it's going to grant him superpowers. I feel like we, we remember this movie differently. <laughs> uh, right now, he's trying to make his movie. He's going to take a little picture. She's going to like, snap, snap, but that's when the spider drops down and bites him, and then he, he, he wakes up with abs. I wish the spider would bite me, and I could wake up with abs. I don't want to get bit by a spider. If it gave you abs? I mean, I could work for abs. And it, and it gave you the ability to have some weird thing uh, come out of your wrist and shoot webs. Yeah, I don't want great responsibility, you know? Uh, you yeah, that's actually... Uh, do you guys know the the comic book Spider-Man Reign? No. It sounds like, familiar. Yeah, it's like the old man Spider-Man. It's like the Dark Knight Returns, but with Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not... I mean, obviously, it's not that good. It's, yeah, it's, I heard that wasn't good at all. It's very I, I, it's very forgettable. I don't remember much about it. But there is one thing that did stick out that, I've, that I do think of from time to time. Uh, is that So Mary Jane is dead in the story, and you find out over the course of it the way that she died was uh, so, like, um, poisoning, like a radioactive poison. Basically, because she was having sex with Peter, uh, she was being poisoned every time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember Tim telling me that. And it was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? God damn. Yeah, he, Super he's weird. got radioactive spider semen. Yikes. All right, moving on to Magnolia. Uh, this is just one of my favorite films. Uh, I had a night off. I was like, I'm just going to drink and watch Magnolia. And it, it was fantastic. I've seen it. I don't think i saw the whole thing i don't remember being particularly into it so i enjoyed when kevin smith made fun of it in his movie yeah do you post as magnolia fan on moviepoopshoot.com yeah did you write fuck jay and silent bob fuck them and their stupid asses yeah a while ago so i've never seen it uh, I think this is my either the second or third time I've seen it this year. Oh, so this, this is really one of your favorites. And what about it that resonates so much with you? Uh, I love how it's shot. I like all the performances. Um, the the pace of the film, it's just constantly building. And it's three hours long. And it's just it starts at a very high emotional point, And it just keeps raising. Um, all the characters are interesting. And they all weave together. Like, it's... Malt, it's a mosaic of about 10 different characters and you keep weaving in and out between them and you start to see how they connect the more you watch it. Um, the camera also almost never stops moving. like It's, it's just always progressing forward. It's, and there's some insanely good long take scenes where like three, four minute long takes where it's just following characters through hallways. It's, it's excellent. And there's a musical number halfway through. Man, I'll be honest with you. Everything you just said sounds boring. Long takes of <laughs> characters walking through hallways. What? The only but, hallway scene I think I've ever enjoyed was the one where T- Terminator chased Sarah, Con- Sarah Connor through the psych ward. It's, it's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, when Han Solo was running from the stormtroopers aboard the Death Star. Those hallway scenes were good. All, All the right. hallway scene in that first <laughs> season of Daredevil. Yeah. That was a fantastic. That was a fantastic hallway scene. Good, good, good 
pull on the hallway scenes. What other hallway scenes do we like? Hey, every Marvel uh, show on Netflix had an awesome hallway scene. Because there's the one in Daredevil. There's a one in Daredevil Season 2 where it goes over, up and down a floor. And the Punisher has That's one in the jail. And oh, I yeah, love how... Yeah. And then my the favorite part about this is they heard all that criticism of all their fights happening in long uh, hallways. So for Defenders, that horrible thing that they made at the end, they didn't do it in a long hallway. They did it in a mine shaft. Uh, that's funny. All right, moving on to Emma, 2020's version, not the 98 version of Emma. Can yeah, we just, uh, really quick, what happened with Defenders? Like, I... How... Hey, uh, actually, I have Jeff a pretty Loeb, good reason. Yeah, Jeff Loeb. He's a yeah, super racist be, right? asshole. Because did he hear all the stuff that came out where he didn't invite like uh, the Asian actors to the premiere? He told the writers, yeah. don't give the Asian actors any characters. No one cares. Just kill them. So it's Jesus. like, oh, that, that's why. Uh, he's like, in Blade, you kill 500, 500 Asian people. No one cares. We can do that here. No one will bother. And he's like, what the fuck? So it makes sense because as the shows went on, the villains just got less and less interesting. They're just this fucking awful hand. Yeah. Uh, and it's entirely because Jeff Loeb was like, nah, I don't care about those characters. And a good superhero film needs a good villain. So if if the villains are just these nameless, interchangeable uh, ninjas that have no personality, it's going to be shit. And it was. Yeah. Just, I just remember being so surprised because like i didn't watch iron fist or because i tried and i wasn't into it i just i was like i think this is bad i'm not gonna watch this i'm not gonna you know i try not to be one of those people that puts myself through like a show because like i'm you know just because i'm like oh it's marvel you know i don't want to do that but man i i love daredevil i thought that i i really like jessica jones and luke cage i was like yeah this is this is good stuff let's see what defenders did and like i don't know what like i just like this is not good like how yeah, it, it was almost unwatchable like i think i finished it but it was a slog yeah i finished it uh and i just remember thinking what why first of all like it's over already that's weird and there's dragon bones under new york for some reason well where else would the dragon bones be dragon? Uh, wherever wherever danny what's his face killed it and then, and then how he becomes Iron Fist, he like kills the dragon or some shit. Oh, I don't I, know. I, I don't know. watch that movie. I don't watch that show. I, I watched the opening scene. And it was like, nah, I don't need to do this. Dude, I watched the whole first episode of Iron Fist, and I was like, nope, that's enough. Like, I, that's <laughs> you, more you than fair. Longer than I, you lasted longer than I did. I was like, well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to. Uh, to please like i mean I, i'm not expecting anything you know all that amazing all the time and plus i will give you a decent amount of time to convince me you know like i i think a full episode i know some people will be like you know if you watch two or three episodes i think that's taking it a little far that's ridiculous but one whole episode you know that's that's something you know yeah that's that's totally fair i watched three and a half seasons of Arrow. It's not a great show, but I watched it because I got enjoyment out of it. But I only yeah, it's like make it kept through. being just good enough to be like, yeah, I'll watch another few episodes because yeah, like, up until it wasn't, and that's when I stopped watching it. <laughs> I 
I just kind of fell behind, and I had no, I was like, oh, I have to watch another couple seasons of Arrow, and then there's two seasons of The Flash, and there's that League of Heroes. I just don't care. Well, I mean, They're every episode is like the same. I'm just, I didn't want to. Yeah, it was like, it was fine. I'm glad other people enjoy it, but I, I don't need to go through this. Yeah. I saw enough. I saw him do that sick thing where he, like, does the chin-up bar up the ladder. That that was cool. I saw that. That's all I needed to see. Can I just say that I like that we've transitioned from uh, shitting on movies that don't ha- that aren't on this list to shitting on TV shows that aren't on this list. <laughs> just trying to keep it interesting. We always it up. go intense. <laughs> oh man, uh, I fell so off to- Arrow and Flash. I went longer than you guys, but I still watched the crossover episodes. And I really like this season's, which had all the, like, Kevin Conroy came in as Batman. And oh, yeah, I watched that scene. And that was, yeah, I watched, the, yeah I watched, like, the cameo scenes, but that was yeah. that I I enjoyed the, I tried watching, uh, I enjoyed the, the story. The one was better. Uh, I watched uh, the first episode of Batwoman, like, after it came out. I, I only, Actually, I don't even think I finished the first episode. I, even that one, I was like, I can't do this. This is not good. Yeah. I, w- I watched the scene with Kevin Conroy, and I was like, ugh, that that does not make me want to watch this episode. It was fine. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, it wasn't bad. It was just, it, it wasn't enough of a selling point to think, yes, I, I want to invest three hours into watching this crossover. Um, but going back to the list, I'll talk about Emma for a sec. This is my first uh, Jane Austen film I'd seen. And uh, they're all sociopaths, and just completely fucked up people yay um it was watching with my grandma it was it's very very well shot and the lead actress is um uh, what's her name she was also in the witch which is further down the list oh uh Uh, anna taylor joy yeah something joy i knew yeah she's uh she's really good and bill niley's in it so it, it was a entertaining watch but uh, fuck all of those rich upper class twits. No, she's a great actress. Everything I've seen her in, she's been really good in. She was uh, like in Split. I think she's really good in Split. Um, I still haven't seen that. Uh, I it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I think maybe that's why I like it so much because I rem- I watched it kind of begrudgingly. I was like, eh, okay, because it was like friends were watching it and like, what am I going to do? Like, go to another room because I don't care about this movie. I'm not going to do that. So I was like, all right, you know. And we watched it and I was shockingly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Um, and then Glass is, is all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard less good things about Glass. Glass isn't bad. It's not good, really. It's, it, I didn't hate that I saw it. You know, there were parts of it that, you know, I thought were pretty well done. Um, that's, a, that's a solid review. I refuse yeah, to no, support it's... that man's work. Oh, yeah. Because he, he did that movie. Avatar? Yeah. yeah that's fair. That, that movie is garbage. Not only was it garbage, it was offensive in his portrayal. Yeah. And I will never support that man's work again. All right, moving on to Easy cool, Rider. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Uh, Easy Rider. I watched this with my mom. Um, she hadn't seen it in a long time. I wanted to rewatch it. It's it's great. Have, have either of you seen it? It's been a long time since I've seen it. I've never watched it. Nah. 
it's a it's really cool all the actors are awesome uh dennis hoffer's nuts jack nicholson is uh, really fun in a small role um it's both a good film and it's an amazing film if you kind of think of it in the context of how it was made and how it was one of the films that completely changed the hollywood studio system and how it just was the forefront of the counterculture in that era so it's it's how did it change uh how movies were produced or whatever well it was independently produced with uh they just kind of went out and made it Mm. without any studio uh involvement or they were really just out in the road filming like all the stuff at the end when they're in new orleans they actually just went out got drunk and had a 16 millimeter camera when they're wandering around the actual mardi gras like the easy rider actually had a cocaine budget in their budget for dennis hopper like they were fucked up for a lot of it but um but because it was made by this like outside counterculture it's about the disenfranchisement of younger guys who are pissed off with the Hollywood, like the American dream. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge hit and it made just a shitload of money. Cause it was super cheap to make that, uh, studios then realized that they could do, it started like the indie movement and more a tour directors. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's, uh, it's, it's a piece of film history for sure. And it's also, also it's one of, uh, the first big movies to use mo- at the time modern music on the soundtrack. So like the soundtrack's great. It's all this old sixties and seventies rock. And it, uh, at the time was completely modern. Like they were selling soundtracks, which wasn't super done at the time. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. And like uh, the weird psychedelic acid trip out at the end is also cool. And very experimental. Uh, well, acid is experimental. Indeed, uh, allegedly. Yes, allegedly. I've heard. I've seen in movies, I mean. Uh, are you talking to me on a cellular phone? I don't know you. Who is this? Don't come here. I'm hanging up the phone. Prank caller, prank caller. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Heidi, 1937's version, as opposed to the... Uh, I feel like there was another one. I just put the the date to be sure. I'm yeah. sure there was. Uh, this was another Shirley Temple one. Um, just super fucking religious, which I w- wasn't expecting. Uh, again, it was the same as Little Miss Broadway. It's just it's a Shirley Temple movie. You know exactly what it is on the tin. My grandma enjoyed it. I, I have no desire to watch it ever again, but it's good for kids or for older ladies who want to relive their memories of watching it when they were kids. Billy, have you seen Heidi? No. Oh, okay, just checking. Have you? Uh, no, of course not. What are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell when he hasn't because he won't give me a hard time for not seeing it. <laughs> He's like, oh, you haven't seen it? Yeah, that's fair. You haven't, you haven't seen this? What the fuck? Oh, man. All right, uh, moving on to Prisoners. Prisoners, this film is fantastic, but not fun at all. Uh, this is Denny Villeneuve's first, kind of first big mainstream film. Uh, the guy went on to make June 2049 and Arrival and Sicario. Well, uh, uh, pris- 
He made Dune 2049, is that what you said? Well, he's making Dune, he's making Blade Runner 2049. I, I screwed up there. I'm just checking, just checking. Yeah, yeah no, I, I fucked up. No, I'm uh, excited for Dune, even though same. I didn't like 2049. It's fair. I, I really love 2049, but I understand it's not a, it's a not an accessible or... Well, I didn't really like Blade enjoyable. Runner. I didn't like Blade well, Runner. Why so the hell would you like this one? It's a perfect sequel to Blade Runner. Yeah, it's a good sequel. Yeah. I, I I thought it was okay. Uh, visually, it's a gorgeous movie. Well, yeah. and I and I acknowledge that it perfectly fits into that universe. Uh, I acknowledge it's a perfect, uh, you know, I mean, not perfect. I don't know because I didn't like the first one. Uh, I, I I get that it fits oh. in that universe or whatever. Um, yeah, I, well, but, uh, I well, like I I said this previously, but I I was the wrong age for Blade Runner because that was not the Han Solo I was looking for. Yeah, it's definitely not. If you're like, ooh, I love like Indiana Jones and Han Solo, I totally want to watch this sci-fi where he's a detective. And I'm like, oh, it's a it's a long, slow, meditative film about what it means to be real. Cool. Yeah, cool. and then when the scene where the guy gets his eyes thumbed out, I've literally blacked everything out. But that, but that moment, it was like I was like I had seen like a lot of violence up to that point, like movie violence. But for some reason, that was so horrifying that I was like traumatized by it. Well, it's not only horrifying, but it's also the film's not super violent. So when that happens, it's like holy shit, that was shocking. Like, I could watch the face being melted off of, in Raiders of the Lost Ark a hundred million times. I'll, I'll pass on getting your eye, uh, any of that eye shit. Yeah. Uh, back to Prisoners, have either of you seen it? No. No, uh, I actually have wanted to, though, because it, it yeah. definitely looks like something I'd enjoy. Yeah, enjoy Hugh Jackman it. and, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good. Hugh Jackman's incredible, uh, as is Jake Gyllenhaal. Um... Who's the other guy? This uh, is the one about Terrence Howard being in the lighthouse, right? No, prisoners a is a. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's Hugh Jackman is uh, a father who his daughter is abducted, and they don't know what happened. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the cop who's looking into it, and Paul Dano uh, is the most likely suspect. And Hugh Jackman's like he did it. I am convinced that that guy stole my kid. And Jake Gyllenhaal's like, yeah, but he has an alibi. I don't think it's him, even though it seems likely. It's, it's, he, it's not him. I have to look somewhere else. And Hugh Jackman is doing his own investigation into it while trying to stay out of the way of the cops. And it's it's very bleak, beautifully shot, too. It's uh, shot by Roger Deakins. Um. Really, really, really good film, but have Winnie the Pooh or something to watch afterwards because it is just a depressing, bleak look at humanity. Why would I you know Winnie the Pooh? I mean, that feels like an Eeyore kind of... Is it like something happy afterwards? It's like oh. something to bring you back up. Yeah. There's a lot of kids in the world that could potentially be abducted. Why would you take Wolverine's kid? I don't know. It's just, he, he's... They were available. <laughs> They took Braveheart's kid. I mean, have they, you seen, dude? So, but Braveheart, no. Have you seen? But Hugh Jackman is jacked, man. And and he's scary in this film. Like he he is uh, when he gets mad, he like shakes with rage, and he, he is uh, 
it might be one of the best thing performances I've seen from him. Like he's really good in it. He's a really good actor, and he picks a lot of weird movies and like bad movies to be in. Where I'm like, ah, why did he do that? Like, do you guys ever see Pan? No, oh, I saw the all... trailer, and it looked just like color threw up on the screen. Yeah, I I saw it because a friend was seeing it and invited me and Liz, and was like, ah, oh, do you want to come see? We're gonna go see this movie. Like, fine, if you're seeing it, I guess we'll go. And it was, it's just terrible. It's it's so predictable and boring and ju- like so if you had to guess how that movie ended how do you think it ends uh pan- alligator eats captain hook no cuz he's not captain hook he's the uh the captain before captain hook isn't he well no he's captain hook he's just not captain hook yet oh so then he totally he loses his hand that's that's the final scene right no he still has both hands by the end what the final what? scene is, they are on a boat, the boat is leaving, and you just see, like, the giant, you just see the ship, and you hear them talking, and Peter Pan is like, so James, because that's, I think that's Hook's name, he's like, James, you think we're always going to be friends? What? Of course we are! And then the movie ends, like, come on, guys. That's so dumb. <laughs> oh, it's a bad movie. Uh, I, but... I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> But it's funny because, like, I when when Hugh Jackman does randomly pick a good movie to do, he's really fucking good at it. Like, yeah, it's I've always liked him. He, oh yeah, he's a he's a very charming guy. Like, it doesn't matter how many bad movies he does. I'm always like, ah, oh, all right, it's okay. Yeah, you're in it. I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot. Like, I watched Real Steel, which should have been fucking terrible, and he's great in it. And it's oh yeah, no, he's. he's charming in it it's not a great movie but i, I it's watched fun. it it's 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 way better than it had any right to be i liked him in the greatest showman i enjoyed that movie i still haven't watched that because i i know i'm gonna like it and i don't want to like a movie about pt barnum <laughs> i just try to keep in mind i'm like it's a it's a it's a fictional musical like i'm trying to you know i try yeah. to like have that mindset when it comes to things like that that's fair I should get to it at some point. I'm probably going to really like it. Kind of like with Hamilton, because like Hamilton is like, oh, these guys are like a bunch of slave owners and shit. They're like, you know, yeah. Good people. But it's uh, that one is especially easier, though, because like it's a, it's a bunch of black people playing them. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's them going out of their way to be like, like yeah, we know <laughs> we're, we're trying to hide, like push that away. Uh, well, speaking of. America and their greatness, we can move on to the next one. Dallas Buyers Club. Well, go ahead, Charlie. Move on to it. Oh, I... I, I Ain't neither of us seen it. I was like, did I get disconnected? Okay, it's, uh, this is the one that McConaughey won um, an Oscar for, as did Jared Leto. And I really, really don't like Jared Leto, and he fucking deserved the Oscar for his role in this. He's really good. Um, it's a... It's, uh, surprisingly touching and great movie. McConaughey's amazing. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a the rough story is he was a based on a true story of a guy in Texas who uh, gets AIDS, and he's like, "What the fuck? I'm not gay. Like, I, I'm a Texas cowboy, like red blooded American. I don't I don't do any of that shit." And like, yeah, it's it's not just gay people that get this. It's actually quite a big problem. And he starts uh, a buyer's club where they buy drugs to 
help and deal with the AIDS crisis and they smuggle them into the country because this was America and Reagan was in charge and they didn't really do anything to combat or affect AIDS. So it's him fighting uh, the medical system to try and get more treatments available and out to people because he was told he had 30 days to live and he spent years after that fighting against the system. Um, the next film on the list is American History X. Oh, that's a good one. It is. Uh, my first time seeing it. Um, good film. Very like very heavy-handed and broad strokes and like uh, obviously like, these are the bad racists and these are the good people. And it, But it was very well done. Edward Norton is incredible. Uh, John Connor is pretty awesome in it. You know, it's funny that you say, too, that it's heavy-handed at times uh, with the way of, like, who the, the bad guys are or whatnot. And I would have thought the same thing. Uh, I probably did think the same thing when I saw it. But, you know, with the way things have been the last few years, it's pretty it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, no, I never I, thought it was heavy-handed. I, I'd always experienced that kind of racism growing up around different things. Yeah, it's it's... It's just fucked. A great movie, though. Uh, it, it's a little annoying knowing all of the shit about Edward Norton and how much of a bastard he was on this and how he ruined the director's career. And he re-edited it to both give him a much bigger role and to give him a heroic ending. Because uh, you've both seen it, and spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, do you know what the original ending was supposed to be? No. No. So after uh, John Connor, Eddie Furlong, gets killed in the bathroom, uh, there wasn't the scene of like Ed Norton ho- cradling him and being heroic and sad. Uh, when he's standing in front of the mirror having a shower and he looks at the swastika and he looks sad, in the original script, what it was is that he looked at it and then he shaved his head. And it was showing that because his brother died, he went right back into the fold and it was starting the cycle again, which would have been a much more depressing ending but also way more fitting it's a great movie but when i know that stuff about it it's like ah it could have been so much better but yeah still a a hell of a film uh moving on black dynamite uh this was also uh we were talking about watching uh films with friends this was uh, this weekend i had visited uh my cinematographer friend adam and we watched uh started with american history x and we watched until palm springs so all these next ones are what we watched over the span of two days uh black black dynamite was the film we watched to uh like laugh and relax after american history x had you Um, seen it before uh, yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. I saw yeah, it. It's at, hilarious. <laughs> I, I saw it at Toronto After Dark when it premiered at a like film festival, and it was a sold out screening. And I have never been a part of an audience that laughed that hard and that long sustained as I have for that movie. Like my, all of us afterwards were are just holding our sides because we were sore from laughing. <laughs> yeah, it I watched was... it one night after work with some friends, and it just, we were laughing hysterically i didn't expect to like it as much as i did i was like oh this looks like it'll be fun uh i still laugh thinking about certain scenes from it like randomly one the one that comes to mind most often is uh (laughs) it's the line uh black dynamite i sell drugs to the community (laughs) (laughs) it's just delivered so earnestly but but i do that black dynamite (laughs) that 
the most quoted line for me, I think, is probably uh, "Fiendish Doctor Wu and your kung fu treachery." <laughs> I like the way in the, the what is it? I can't remember what it was. Is it like a little axe that comes in and cuts the guy's head? He's like, "Ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room." <laughs> it's a metal boomerang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh God, that movie! I want to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's so funny. <laughs> It's just such a great, fun, dumb, like the huge, I said, like I'm doing it, for, I'm copying you now. Uh, the scene where they are in the diner and they figure out that the malt liquor is poisoning them and they do that huge, like Adam West, Batman, Riddler solving doesn't make any sense through line of like, and as we all know from our Greek mythology, the Roman God is Mars. And it's so good. Have you seen this Jedi? Yeah been a while since i've seen it but yeah it's really good um moving on to shane shane uh it's the solid western um it was the logan is entirely based off shane and that story like to the point that the movie uh patrick stewart and x23 or x is it 23 yeah are watching in the hotel room is shane so it's uh because it's about a uh, gunslinger who's past his prime who comes in and looks after a kid from a bunch of bad guys and then dies doing it so it's it's very much the influence for all of those uh, the hero that comes in and is he can't be there because he's too violent but he wants to save them yeah it was good it's uh, I'm glad I saw it It's I wouldn't say it's an amazing film but it's a important one for film history so I'm glad I finally saw it gotcha um, moving on to uh, for your consideration. Yeah, this is a Christopher Guest, uh, one of his mockumentaries, like Waiting for Guffman and Mighty Wind and Best in Show. Um, this one's about a small indie film that uh, some online blogger rumor is uh, one of the leads is up for an Oscar. Is their performance is that good? So all of the actors become bitter and nasty to each other, and it's it's a funny comedy um eugene levy's in it uh harry Shear, christopher guest it's like the same crew that's in all of his comedies it was fun it's it's a silly comedy it's not i wouldn't say it's one of his better ones i, th- I think waiting for guffman or uh best in show is his best and this is below that but it's worth watching right on now this next one is this a typo or is it the vich is it the witch or the vivovich it's the it's the witch, but that's how they spell it. With two Cause V's, because I don't know how to spell. Boom. Roasted. Because it was based on, like, old English of when the Puritans first landed in uh, America. And W's were V's? I guess so. How was it? Uh, it's great. This is probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. Um, it's to say, it's the first film by the director who made uh, The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and um, William Defoe. Oh, I thought they had the... <laughs> the people whom Hugh Jackman and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, yeah, it's super, super fucking scary. Uh, it's, a, it's a good horror film of this uh, uh, Puritan settler family that leaves the town and goes out to start a new home uh, near further away, near the edge of the woods, and they're just fucked with by a real witch. And it's a slow burn horror film, but it, it's really good and really, really well shot. 
Right on. Um, Palm Springs. This film's awesome. Um, it's An- Amy Sandberg is the lead, and it's basically Groundhog Day, but where you meet him after a thousand years of reliving the same day at a uh, wedding hotel resort. And this girl meets him and she gets stuck in the loop with him. And it's the two of them kind of falling in love, also kind of dealing with the loopy nature of this reality. And the the fun twist is there's also J.K. Simmons, who is also stuck in the loop, who is trying to kill Andy Samberg. It's very, very funny. Right on. I've heard good things about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's 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 really funny. It's I'd 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 recommend it. Right on. Uh, moving on to Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, showed this one to my mom. It's Sergio Leone's uh, biggest western. I'd say it's. I watched it because um, uh, Morricone passed away, and I, this is probably my favorite score of his. Um, it's, it's a really good western shot in Monument Valley. Uh, looks just gorgeous and the music is really really amazing nice if you look up a uh, harmonica theme it's the uh, you know, the man with the harmonica that's such a good amazing piece of music just uh in general yeah just... it's it's well if you look it up it's just a badass uh, piece of music where you listen to it like oh that does sound good i want to see the movie that uh, that's from then you watch a really fantastic western, which is Billy's favorite genre. I, I will slowly convince you. You will not. Probably uh, not. Moving on to um, uh, Dracula, the nineteen hundred and thirty-one version. Yeah, uh, I had not seen this since I was like ten years old, and it's okay. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed rewatching it. It's very slow. Um, some scenes were great. Bella Lugosi's awesome, but it was a lot slower and clunkier than I remembered. Yeah, I never really got into these monster movies. Frankenstein was probably the only one of the monster movies I enjoyed. Um, uh, yeah, cause... just because that's. Uh, I don't know, like a better story. I can empathize with that story more than I can the other stories, I guess, maybe. Like, um, I rewatched it, and it, it's uh, Frank Simon Photo Watch Next, and it's it's really good. Like, it's really well shot. It's well acted. Like, it's drastically better. Yeah. Um, What would you say is your favorite of the Universal Horrors or Monster movies? I mean, see, I. Uh, out of those two, I'd say Frankenstein. I don't know the other ones that well. I saw them when I was 10, and I haven't gone back. So I actually have the box set. I'm slowly working through, so there'll be more of them in August. But out of those two, I'd say Frankenstein. And uh, I haven't gotten to rewatch it yet, but out of my memory, I really liked uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Hmm. I don't know if I remember liking that one. I mean, I know distinctly the imagery of that and that creature, but I don't remember the story resonating at all. 
the, the same. All I remember is how creepy and terrifying the scene of the girl swimming and the monster swimming, like mirroring her movements underneath and thinking that was really good. So I'm excited to rewatch it and see if uh, my memory holds up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, the man with the golden arm. Yeah, I was really, I, I, I hadn't read the title, but when I looked inside, I was just, I was literally about to say the golden gun. <laughs> this is very different. This is uh, Otto Preminger film uh, starring Frank Sinatra, and it was about, uh, Sinatra is a kind of not very good musician who just got out of jail, who is a heroin addict, and it's about him going falling back into that lifestyle which uh it was this was a very groundbreaking and taboo film because they had never really mentioned or shown heroin withdrawal on screen before sinatra's kind of overacts it like he he shakes a lot and it's a little uh hammy but the score is a really awesome jazz score and it's a, a rather unflinching look into the addict's lifestyle right on um, not a Rat Pack movie, I'm assuming? No, this was him trying to be a legit actor. and uh, I don't think it works super well for him, but he, he's not bad, but it's definitely, it's not a stellar performance. Gotcha. You know, it's funny. I don't, uh, I don't, I, you know, I know, obviously, Frank Sinatra's music more than I know of his acting stuff, but I think... I think most of my Frank Sinatra memories are all like Don Rickles related. <laughs> are yeah, it makes like sense. Him together or him tell, talking about doing shit with Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack and stuff. Uh, uh, I'll spoil it a little bit. Coming up in four movies, uh, Run Silent, Run Deep. Uh, Don Rickles is in that. Yeah, that's I was watching. Was like, holy shit! That is that's the um, submarine one, right? Yeah, dude, he fucking tells a great story about that. I'll have to try to find it on YouTube. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear that. You did a lot of impressions in a movie. Yeah, we well, all did. Yeah, but the early ones you did was Gable and Fred Lancaster, because yeah. your first movie was Run Silent Run Deep. Gable used to say to me, "Yeah, God damn it, Riggles, let's let's go and have a beer. <laughs> we don't need this, you know." But, but he was serious. Learn about the submarine. Learn about the engine. Learn, learn why the sun goes fast. It's like we're we're actors. That I think that does sound like Burt Lancaster. Um. Uh. But um, uh, have you ever seen uh when he gets after Al Pacino? Uh, not Al Pacino. Um, Robert De Niro in Casino. Uh, for missing a line? No. A lot of people ask me, they say, who was tougher to deal with, Bob or Don? And obviously, <laughs> obviously, <that>? Tim. <laughs> because one of the main things is that he didn't have to speak. Yeah. So you could imagine. He had to keep quiet through a lot of these scenes, and it was just the looks we had, remember? Yeah, I was just uh, making a lot of faces. Uh, yeah, oh, God. That was funny the night you had this cigarette. How can I let it... Go on so long, but I was staring at you. Did I say something wrong? No. You're supposed to say I should have known better. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Yes. For the kind of money you're making, well, what's, read the what's, card. <laughs> because what happened is, oh, we're waiting for your line. Because you were waiting for him. 
Learn the thing. You gotta pop out trailer. Sit in there and study. And finally, you had to admit, say, Don, we're waiting for you. And then that was it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that was three hours of abuse that we caught. <laughs> with your method acting, with the breathing, with the bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> Do the lines and let's get out of here. Um, I'd love to hear it. Oh, God. So. Also, it, did we lose Billy? Yes, we did. Uh, you must have missed it when you lost me, too. Uh, <laughs> Billy had to step away. I'm assuming it's something with Booker. Oh, okay. I was just like, I haven't heard Billy in a while. Did he just, like, disappear? <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, Fair I'll enough. Ju- I'll just have to add. <laughs> yes. That sounds good. Uh, you probably don't remember that's from your previous episode. You know, the one you didn't listen to? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. I remember. No, I don't I think remember. you do. I was there. That was what you're going to add in when he was off uh, looking after Booker. Yeah, right? Just... <laughs> I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless. Yes. <laughs> um. Um, all right. Moving on to, um, where are we at? The man, oh, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Uh, re- I watched this, rewatched it with my grandma. First time she'd seen it in a long time. And it, like, it's, it feels pretentious to go on about how good it is, but it's Citizen Kane. It's, 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 it is that fucking good. It's, it's always fun to rewatch. Have you ever seen the Kane from Citizen Kane? No. Reference not found. It's a it's a Simpsons reference. They go to like a planet Hollywood, but it's like a it, or like a, the the Simpsons version of a planet Hollywood, and it's like a really cheap one. And Lisa's like, "It's the cane from Citizen Kane." <laughs> Wait. Oh my god. <laughs> um, moving on to the old guard. Yeah, uh, this was a new Netflix film with Charlie's Throne. Yep, I really um, liked it. Yeah, I, I don't say I really liked it. I liked it, and I really, really want the sequel. Because That's this exactly was, how I felt, yeah. Yeah, it was good, all the action was fun, and I liked the characters, but it was just r- so paint-by-numbers and dull, and uh, the villain or antagonist they set up for the next film... Uh, the girl who's like locked underwater is like, that's such a cool story. Why aren't we going back to that? And then it was the whole movie is like, why didn't we see that again? Oh, this is a setup for the sequel, isn't it? And then the ending it showed her is like, yeah. Well, I'm going to watch that one, but when I watched it, every time that they mentioned that, that story, I always felt that she looked like a person who had told a story, but hadn't told the whole truth. And now she was listening to people spread her lies and she knew instinctively that that was somehow going to come back to bite her later. Yeah. The whole time I watched it, I, 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 that's every time they talk, I was like, I'm like, she looks real suspicious right now. So when she showed up at the end, I was like, see, I knew that shit. Something, something, there's a whole nother story there that we ain't heard yet. And I liked how boring the villain was that they just like, they killed uh, Dudley from Harry Potter, yeah. and then uh, the other guy there, Edge of Four. They're like, "Yeah, you're, you're actually interesting. So you're just going to be on our side for the next film, okay?" Yeah, um, yeah. It's it, it's good, but it's there's so many points. Like, a this should have been better, and b I want to see where it goes. It was yeah, fine. I, I, I think I, it I'm excited to, set to up see the, the, the next one. Yeah, 
and uh the action scenes were great yeah oh yeah dude when he slammed that one dude's and snapped his fucking neck on the ground oh yeah (laughs) and the trope of uh the bad guy uh like falling to his death but like the hero like like the way they did that with her tackling him out the window and then them falling to her their death hurt their death and then she like walks away like yep too bad sucker that was great and the fight between uh, her and throne on the plane was like this is just fun yeah. oh i guess you don't speak russian um yep. a guide for the married man Ooh, this was a uh, watch this one with my grandma um walter Matthau is the star it is mad men but as a comedy walter Matthau is like this uh, nerdy dude who's married in the suburbs living like the American dream and his best friend uh, who's played by Robert Morse is uh, like a character out of Mad Men who's constantly cheating on his wife and he gives advice to Walter Matthau on how to properly have an affair and the movie's like this quirky comedy of like how to get away with having an affair and it is so misogynistic and so sexist and uh, kind of funny but just so of its time and it was one of the last films uh, that Gene Kelly directed. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was uh, interesting to watch being like, oh, this is what the people in like the Mad Men era would watch and think, yeah, this is this is fine. Like things that were acceptable then where you're like, yeah, it's oh, just... yeah, and of course, if, if a woman is acting crazy, you smack her. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> the whole point is he's being told like, oh, uh, you should have an affair because it's good for your marriage. You make sure she never finds out, but then you won't be tense when you're home, so she'll like you a lot more. It's like, that's that's awful. <laughs> I, I don't think I, that's good advice at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's it's such a cheap movie because uh, all of it, pretty much ninety percent of the film is the friend telling stories to Walter Matthau about, Oh, well make sure you do this because a friend of mine, he did, he didn't do that. And he got caught. And then it, it shows a flash, like a, a dream sequence of that friend getting caught or screwing up, having an affair. And every single one is like a cameo of someone famous at the time. Like Lucille balls in it. And, uh, Jane Mansfield and a whole bunch of like names from that era. And, uh, Reading up on it, the fun bit of trivia is that they had every actor who showed up was paid $10,000 for two days. And if you didn't shoot your scenes within those two days, it was another $10,000 for a third day and onward and onward. And not uh, Gene Kelly was so efficient and just banged them out and didn't care about if they were okay or not. Not a single actor was there more than a day. <laughs> um. Right on. Run silent, run deep. We talked a little bit about this. This is a submarine movie. Yeah, this is a this is an insanely good tense thriller of uh, it's a captain and his first mate. The first mate was supposed to be uh, the captain of the submarine, but the Rhett Butler captain vetoed him and said, "No, I want to go out because a lot." Three. I've been stuck at a desk, and three years ago, my or a year ago, my submarine was sunk, and I survived. So I want to go back to this area for revenge for my uh, crew. So it's kind of a battle of between the captain and his first mate of what they should do to as a submarine going into dangerous enemy territory. Um, yeah, it was really awesome to, to 
some pretty unfortunate and bad racism because they're going into Japan and you see the Japanese ships a few times and they're not very well portrayed. But aside from that, it's a very good movie. Gotcha. Um, uh, Limelight is next on your list. Uh, this is my grandma's favorite Chaplin film. Um, oh, yeah. It's one of his last. It's, uh, I think, his third last. The last one of his I've seen. Uh, it was after he had been kicked out of America for being an alleged communist, and he had to make films in Europe. And it's 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 entirely the story of A Star is Born. He's a washed-up comedian who's an alcoholic, and he finds he runs into this young girl who's trying to commit suicide because she's sad, and he saves her, and he nurses her back to health, and she goes on to be a famous dancer. And it's a drama with a few funny scenes of whenever he performs on stage, but it's pretty much a straight-through depressing drama, but it's really good. And it's also notable for, at near the end, he does a performance on stage with um, Buster Keaton, and it was the only time the two of them worked in a film together. Interesting. Yeah, great film with beautiful music. <laughs> that just makes me think of that uh, that meme where like where they're like where everybody says like Avengers is the most or Endgame is the most ambitious crossover ever, and somebody holds up some other thing as an ambitious crossover. <laughs> that's, totally, that's, that Keaton and Chaplin is a that pretty was big the, one. That was the first ambitious crossover in, in cinematic history. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, moving on. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah. Uh, so, full disclosure, I did not watch Mr. Dress Up growing up. I have no attachment to him at all. Who? I'm aware who? of him. Uh, Mr. Dress uh Not Mr. Dress Up. Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Mr. Rogers, my dude. <laughs> Mr. Dress Up's the Canadian version. I watched Mr. it. Mr. Dress Up? Yeah. It's a Canadian show that uh, Ernie Coombs, the guy who played Mr. Dressup, he literally started on uh, Mr. Rogers' show as a puppeteer mm. and liked it so much and was so inspired that he came back to Canada and started his own version of that type of show. Hey, uh, I love Mr. Rogers, but those fucking puppets were terrifying. They were some of the freakiest looking puppets. I was like, yeah, I can't get some better puppets. Like, what the fuck? These things are... These things look like they would scare you in the dark, is all I'm saying. But uh, So going into this having no connection at all to Mr. Rogers, uh, it it was amazing. Like it is, I thought Tom Hanks would be good and it would be a decent movie, but it's a fantastic film and Hanks is good, but he's kind of a supporting role in it. It's much more about the journalist mm-hmm. who's investigating him. And uh, it's one, it's way more inventively shot and has some kind of it feels like a 90s indie film that somehow got the budget of a modern day movie like all the establishing shots in the film are models like mr rogers uh intro to a show mm-hmm. so anytime they show a city they're going to it's not like an establishing shot of a city it's a built gotcha. model that's cool yeah it's a excellent excellent film nice i i plan to see it i haven't seen it yet yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It was I, I wanted to see because like, oh, Tom Hanks is good. I want to see it, and I walked out feeling, like, oh, that that was legitimately fantastic. Yeah, Billy, ha- have you seen it, and or what's your Mister Rogers experience? I never watched it. Uh, I've heard it's good, so I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. 
And yeah. did you ever watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? No, that's what I mean. I, I that's what I meant when I said I didn't oh, watch it. I never okay. watched. I haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I also yeah. never watched Mr. Rogers. Got you. What about Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood? I did know Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> all right uh the movie i uh that was on this list that i was excited to talk to charlie about the documentary searching for sugar man sugar man won't you have it Cause I'm tired of these scenes For a blue coin Won't you bring back All those colors to my dreams Oh my god, how good is this movie? Fantastic. I remember hearing about it. I don't know if it was like on... um, Like CBS has this morning show on Sundays called Sunday Morning. I don't know if that's where I heard about it. I remember, or if it was like on NPR, I heard about it on like one of those kind of like programs. And so I had been waiting to see it and then it popped up on Netflix one day and I was like, watched it instantly. Fantastic. Like, just a great, great story. Yeah. And it, 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 it's just like, it's soul restoring. It's so happy. Like you're just, it's, you feel so amazing for this guy and uh, it is so good. Uh, spoilers for next month's podcast. I watched it again a few days later into August. Like it, I was like, showed my mom and grandma. I was like, you, you have to watch this. This is this good. Yeah. I have, I don't know what this is so about. And I... It's the story about this, uh, musician who, uh, did one or two, two albums, I believe. That yeah, basically, two albums that were they basically view, they were viewed though by the people who made them like these are like amazing, amazing records, and they absolutely flopped. Nothing. This guy disappears into obscurity, never to be heard of again. Cut to but, the eighties in or seventies. Uh, it was uh, during apartheid in South Africa. And someone uh, took over either a record or a bootleg copy, and then it became the most popular record in South Africa. Like, the at one point in the documentary, a guy says, "If you go into any single like this income level house and go through the, if they had a turntable, you go through the records, they're going to have Abbey Road by the Beatles, uh, Simon and Garfunkel album, and this one by Rodriguez. Like, every single person had this album. It sold millions, and they had no idea who he was. So the documentary is searching and finding, trying to find out who he was and what happened to him. And it's just incredible, and the music is fantastic. Like, I've, I've downloaded his two albums on Spotify, and I've been listening to them the past week um yeah it wasn't the 70s though it was like the 80s late 90s when all that apartheid stuff and his music was hitting in south africa so I well, mean, it's, it was decades after he had made the music um, yeah and uh because he was touring in the 70s uh, right, the albums came out. I think it was seventy one and two, and then he kind of gave up after. Yeah, and, and they then, became big in the eighties. And it, the documentary, most of that stuff happened. I think in the early two thousands. No, all the documentary stuff is the mid nineties. 
Like, right, well, yeah, it's 98. Yeah, all the apartheid stuff is in the 90s. Um, when the, the, but them tracking them down was definitely later than that. Cause they had iPhones and shit in them. Um, but yeah, so anyways, his music became like the, the, the music of the revolution of revolution of apartheid. And like, they, there were all these like rumors about what had happened to him. And these people ended up wanting to know like, like what happened to him. So they decided to follow the money and there's all this shady business. This dude basically should be super rich. He never saw any of his money. Um, but they tracked him down and found out he was alive and he got this like whole second career in touring, uh, around South Africa and Africa because they loved his music and what it meant for them during their fight. And, and it's just so heartwarming because, like, yeah. this dude, after he gave up music, he worked in construction. Like, yeah, he, he they have just... interviews with people who were – he was a bricklayer with people. And it's like, oh, yeah, this guy came in and he, he was telling us he made an album. And now he's off doing tours. And it, it's – yeah, Billy, I highly recommend you watch this. It's amazing. I don't All know right. if it's still on Netflix in America. I know it was on there. That's where I saw it. It's called Searching for Sugar Man? Yeah. yeah, Searching for Sugar Man, and Sugar Man is like two words or whatever. Yeah, but it, it it's just, it's the type of film that makes your heart feel like three sizes bigger. Yeah, it's, and the music's fantastic. Uh, really interesting, too, because it was right at, like, the end of Motown, so it still has that built up in sound, but it's also folky and more focused on the lyrics. Yeah. Um. All right, last on the list... Dude, where's my car? Uh, it's dumb, but it's funny. I, I still, some... anytime anybody says dude or sweet, I say, what's mine say? Sweet. <laughs> what's mine say? Dude. I, I have fond memories of this movie. Uh, I don't think I would enjoy it much if I watched it now, honestly. <laughs> it, it, half the humor holds up. Some of it doesn't. Uh, some of it's really not okay, but, um. <laughs> The, the, oh, that means I was I I was okay. So when I was gone with Booker, uh, you guys talked about Dracula and Frankenstein. Oh yeah, we did. That was yeah, thirty minutes ago. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you have anything to add on those two? I just I love those old Universal horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's your favorite? I, I, my fa- probably Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein. I'd say I, I love Frankenstein. I haven't seen Bride yet, I, but I really really loved the Frankenstein. I thought Dracula was kind of disappointing upon yeah dracula is a little bit boring uh but yes i I do like some of those movies actually i went and saw frankenstein a couple of years ago they had a showing at the local afi theater out here um and it was it was a free showing in october it was just like first come first serve and they had a live musical score that that was performed by a band over the over the movie Uh, that's awesome yeah, written by uh, Philip Glass. It was really good. It was it was a good time. It was neat. Liz had a good time, even even though she wasn't into the movie. Uh, but it was you know interesting to like have that live or like live band. Uh, also, it was really funny when you're watching the opening credits and it's like based on the book by Mrs. Percy Shelley. Like what the fuck, man? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So much of film history is just she cringy and pointing your collar. Yeah. Oh, sexism. Speaking of, I'm re I'm rewatching Mad Men and 
seeing that in new eyes is interesting. <laughs> I, I never watched that show. It never interested me. Yeah, me neither. And I do want to see it, though, because I hear it's really good. It, it is. I saw mostly all of it. I didn't see the last season, and then it just got to be too long. It was like, uh, I don't remember exactly what happened the last few seasons, so I don't want to dive back in. And I, I've now waited long enough that I'm like, I'm just going to restart it from the beginning and go through. So I'm watching that with my grandma, which has been fun. Well, it's one of those shows that I always hear is potentially like one of the... I remember reading an article... I wish I could remember who it was, because I've actually read a few articles by this guy who's actually really good. Uh, but it was about what is arguably the greatest TV show ever made. And his he wasn't making an argument for what was the greatest TV show ever made. But when you have that conversation, inevitably one of these four shows, if not all four, is going to show up in the conversation. One of them is Mad Men. Another one is Breaking Bad. Another one is The Sopranos. Another one is The Wire. I have only yeah. seen Breaking Bad. I Literally seen four shows I haven't watched. I the only one I would question Sopranos. I think it's good, but I don't think it deserves to be in with the other three. But I think if I remember correctly, his argument for Sopranos as to why people would bring it up is because of the impact that it had. At yeah, the time. that's it. Definitely did change like things, you know. Uh, personally, I'm not interested in The Sopranos because I think I, we've talked about it before. How I'm just not into like mob stuff. It's not my thing. But speaking of mob stuff, I just watched Netflix's document limited series, uh, Fear City, New York versus the Mafia, about when um, they brought down the five families. Really interesting stuff. Um, uh, it's three episodes. Um, a lot of interesting stuff on how they uh, surveilled them and uh, and bugged them and um, everything that you know that they had to go through and and how they basically put the case together that ended up bringing down the five families. That's really cool. Would nice. you recommend it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like if you like documentaries about the mob or whatever, um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, to see, because I remember when that happened, but like I wasn't like old enough to like understand fully like what happened. I just remember obviously the news stories about like you know the the heads of the the five families being arrested or whatever, and but like you know like I said I wasn't old enough to fully understand what exactly that meant um and you know it's it's it though those events are what led to kind of john Gotti's rise so it, it was an interesting kind of history piece of mafia i've always sort of always been into mafia and mafia history i, um, I think i would be more inclined to watch something like that based on reality like some yeah versus yeah fiction i'm just I don't know. If Batman's you. not beating him up, I don't want to care. It's... You don't, you're not interested. Anyway. What about, like, The Godfather? I think The Godfather's boring. <gasps> I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm sorry. Now, granted, I <coughs> haven't tried to watch it in some years. Now, maybe I should try again. And 30-year-old Billy will feel different about it. 
Nah, 30-year-old uh, yeah. Billy will still be like, I'd rather watch The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather watch The Mob on The Simpsons. Simpsons yeah. It's Fat Tony. Um, yeah. I, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I ne- I don't think I ever made it to the third Godfather. Well, yeah, no. You so... watch one and two, and you stop yeah. there. Um, I have weirdly gotten wrapped up into the weird uh godfather where it's just they treat it as just the godfather so it's like the three movies edited as one long film or whatever i don't even know how to describe it um uh because there was a stretch where that was on like one of the alt hbo's and i just remember like oh my god this is super weird but yeah i'm not Godfather's definitely not my go-to mafia movie. Okay, that's that's fair. It's really goddamn Charlie. good, though. You should, you, should, you should give it another shot. It's, nah, it's, it's, it's really boring. goddamn good. It's boring I, I like probably Blade will Runner. at some point. I think I will get... I, I like Blade Runner. I understand why people think Blade Runner is boring, and I definitely would have to be in a certain mood to watch it. Uh, yeah, I, and I can at least appreciate it. Godfather's the same way. You kind of have to be in the right mood for it, but because it is, it is a little slow at times. But it's just so well put together and acted, and yeah, it's just give it another shot. All right, have uh, we? How do we determine it? It's just uh, movies about m- mafias, uh, other criminal type organizations. You could watch watch a movie about. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Just check. I just like, was just. Can you give me an example? Because I think I think so. Like, well, like, I, would, about, like I would consider mafia. I would consider Heat like that's a, not a movie about a mafia, but it's a, about a group of criminals. I mean, less so about the cops chasing them. Um, like the Town oh, yeah, is another that. movie that is about criminals versus, uh, uh, like the mafia. But uh, yeah, so those were kind of the, what I was thinking of. Um, I really, I, I, I really didn't have much further to go than that but on that one, Billy. <laughs> that's okay. Right. Just asking. Uh, that's the list, though. We got, that is we the list. A, man, that was a long one. We. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, uh, I watched a lot in July. Yeah, you, you did. did. I mean, it doesn't help that we kept going. We, I did it a lot. I'm just like talking about other shit. So. Well, well sorry. And not it, to it's, mention, it's the tangent it's pr- show. And probably it's about forty minutes worth of likes. So, yeah, you're gonna cut out the 40 minutes of likes. I hope, <laughs> like totally, you cut it at least 20 minutes. Uh, I so might, yeah, dub- uh, I might double some likes up just for you, Billy. Like you know, whatever. I mean, I'd... like that, like that one uh, YouTube video where they they take the scene of Rachel Dawes slapping Bruce Wayne in the car. But they just keep taking her, slapping him over. Oh, so it was like a minute and a half of her just abusing him in this car. I'm just going to do that where you just be like, 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 like. I was going to want to listen to that. I got to tell you. Anyway, we should probably wrap up. I should see see what I have my to wife go, and son are doing <laughs> yeah I, I have to go set up my grandma's night pills and stuff so all right i'm uh, poet i'm billy i was charlie thanks yeah. again yep good night
This is the outro, this is the outro, this is the outro for the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza!